Okay, we're live. How you doing, everybody? And welcome to the John Riley Project. And, you know, I've told you before, on some of these other podcasts we've been doing in the month of October, it's a great time in October. Um, you know, it's political season, right? We have all of our local political candidates um, have are out on the campaign trail. They're in the hot and heavy section of their campaigns. And we've had wonderful opportunities to speak with so many candidates for Poway School Board, for Poway City Council, and for Poway Mayor. And today we have a candidate is joining me here in the live stream podcast. He's running for mayor. And this gentleman's name is Yuri Bolin. Yuri, how are you? Good, John. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's been a long time, four years. I, in fact, I was uh, episode nine. <laughs> yeah, you were. In 2018. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm guessing like 290 something today. 292. Oh, I was close. Yeah, pull the mic a little closer to you, and we're sure. going to kind of settle in. I was guessing in. 292 or 290, so uh, not bad. Yeah. If, if it was The Price is Right, I, I, I'd, <laughs> I'd be on stage. There you go. So, yeah, you were episode nine, and uh, and that's when you were running in 2018. Yeah. So we're going to... We're going to talk about a lot of stuff. You know, we're going to talk uh, about your I campaign. We're going to talk about the issues that are that are hot in Poway. We're going to talk about your platform. We're going to talk a little bit about your backstory. And 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 I want to just tell the audience, you know, for those of you that are watching the live stream, you can participate. So if you're on Facebook or on YouTube and you're watching the live stream, you can ask questions or make comments um, that Yuri or I or whomever, we can take your questions and comments. We'll, you know, we'll see them on the screen. We'll show them there for everyone to witness. And and then we'll make this an interactive kind of a community forum, yes. right? It makes it kind of fun. Yeah. So, um, okay, so let's get started. All right. So let's, um, you know, what I usually do with my candidate, candidate um, interviews is I usually ask, what's your, you know, a little bit about your backstory, but you've been on the podcast before, but still a lot of people maybe didn't see episode nine. So That, that is true. So let's start from the beginning. So let's tell me a little bit about where you grew up and, and kind of your backstory all the way up to the time that you came to Poway. Sure. Uh, I was born in Coronado. Uh, I lived there the, basically the first 10 years of my life. And then my parents and I uh, moved to Geneva, Switzerland. Uh, my Geneva, really? Yes. Uh, my uh, mother was French, and my father American in the Navy. And uh, we decided to let's go to Switzerland and live. Uh, we lived there for about a year and a half, and then we came back to Coronado, stayed there for about a year, and then moved to University City, by, uh, about two blocks away from UTC, and grew up there as a teenager, graduated UC High, class of 90. Uh, then we moved to Carmel Mountain in 91, Lived there basically until I got married, and me and my wife wanted to live in something other than San Diego. So I bought a home here in Poway, and we've been here ever since, ten and a half years, and uh, I love it. And that's why I'm running again, because I want to keep it the city and the country. That's the reason why I moved here in the first place, because the schools are good. Not that I have any children. My, my wife has children from previous marriage, and... Uh, they are, of course, all grown up now, but when they did go to school, they went to PUSD schools, and this is just a bit good place to live, period. And over the years, certain things have been happening. Uh, what inspired me first to run in 2018 was the loss of the community church thrift shops and the carriage center. If the thrift shops were here today, 
you wouldn't know me from Adam. <laughs> right. You wouldn't know me from Adam. That's what inspired me in the first place was the community church thrift shop. I had gone there since 1991 with my parents when I was a teenager. Then after my father died, I'd go there with my mother. Then I got married. I go there with my wife. I mean, it's, uh, it's tradition. It's generational. And that's why I'm here in the first place, to, to, to relive the reason why we all live here. I mean, that's a quote from Mickey Cafania that I used at the GVCA forum. Mm-hmm. When do we stop destroying the reason why we live here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I remember in the 2018 campaign, that was before Poway Road was turned upside down. And you were very adamant about preserving the thrift stores. I remember yes. that. And that was a big part of your campaign back then. And you, you even wanted to um, preserve a lot of other elements of Poway, you yes. know, like the old community center and the, yes. and the Poway Bowl. And you talked yeah. a lot about that then. Well, speaking of the Poway Bowl, because it's been brought up at a council meeting by mm-hmm. one of the other candidates. And a lot of people don't know this, but I, I used to do stand-up comedy. And not only did I do stand-up comedy, I did stand-up comedy here in Poway. I hosted two shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, Foul Play Sports Bar uh, doesn't exist anymore. It's a different establishment now behind the Arco on Carriage. Oh, yeah. And, of course, Jimmy Z's at Poway Fun Bowl. I know the owner. He was a very, he's a very nice man. I, I totally get it. But from the horse's mouth himself, he told me in 2018 when I was running, Yuri, I love you. You're great. But it's okay. Nobody's forcing me to do anything that I don't want to. And I was taken aback a little bit and Mm -hmm. said, I'm waiting for the right price at the right time. And I Mm -hmm. said to him, I respect your decision. No problem. And then I never talked about the bowling alley ever again. And then over the course of that campaign, certain things I didn't know at the time, I know now. In fact, in February, February 2nd, 2021, as a matter of fact, I spoke at a council meeting. It was Zoom at the time. And council member Kaylin Frank amended the PRSP to allow the community church thrift shops at that time to be Coming back, should they choose? Now, so, I, so the PRSP is a Poway Road specific, specific plan. plan. Right, right. Now, it cannot be changed, but obviously it can be amended. And Ms. Frank amended it to allow, when the, the new one comes up, the community church shops could come back should they choose. Now, I'm a realist. I realize that not all of the church thrift shops are going to come back. And in all sincerity, maybe none of them, because clearly the rent is going to be three or four times oh, yeah. higher than it was at yeah. the Carrot Center. Not just in terms of a new building and all that, but look at this, the inflation that we're living in today, the worst since the late 70s. Yeah, it's crazy. You, you and I were both <laughs> young kids then. Yeah. But uh, we remember, we heard our parents talking, you know, and a lot of people don't realize this, but some of the things that many people are complaining about in Poway are technically not Mayor Voss's fault nor the council. It's individual property rights. And I learned that the hard way, and I'll tell you how. That evening when it was amended, and I thanked Kaylin Frank, and that's when I decided she is my representative in District 4, and I thanked her greatly. I was uh, chastised a little bit by Councilmember Leonard. 
where he said something to the effect, if, if you want to be the mayor, you have to know these things. And he talked about it was a property right owner who had failing health that wanted to leave. Mm-hmm. Now, some people might have said, oh, my God, he, he, he talked to me so horribly. <laughs> but I took it as a teachable moment. And then after that day, February 2nd, 2021, I took the time and the effort to read every agenda item word for word, word for word. And there's been a few that were like 100-something pages. Yeah, you're right. And I've read them all. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest, some of them, I'm not sure exactly which way to, to turn on the issue. And when that's the case, I shut up and I sit in the back and just let the council meeting go. Mm-hmm. But when I do read something that I am familiar with and I want to speak on whatever side of the issue, then I'll go up on there and I'll say my piece. And I believe that even the council members have kind of found out that I actually know what I'm talking about on many issues. Mm -hmm. And I've even gotten some compliments and respect. And for that, I often get chastised by some of the... (laughs) Let's, let's just say the malcontents of okay. Poway. I, I sometimes refer to them as the Kool-Aid gang. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it, it, it's interesting because you were a candidate in 2018. And when you're a candidate for the first time, I mean, you, you go in. Wet behind the ears. Yeah, you are. You're a little wet behind the ears, but you go in with all the enthusiasm. There are big problems you want to solve. But there is a lot of detail that that is part of the bureaucratic grind of the way the city works. Yeah. And it's hard to get up to speed. And, and frankly, those five elected councilmen and mayor, they, they have the advantage of having all of that knowledge, all of those relationships with the key management in the city hall. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but good on you for yeah. stepping up and, and really doing your due diligence and your homework mm-hmm. It makes you a better candidate yes. now in 2022. Yeah. Four years ago, I, I was a political neophyte. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I thought, oh, yeah. I, I watch uh, C-SPAN. I, I know what's going on. <laughs> no. I, I learned the hard way, but the smart way. You have to get knocked down. You have to be told, hey, <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about. And that's when you go, okay, I'm going to do a teachable moment here, and I'm going to study, and I'm going to learn, and I'm going to know what I'm talking about in the future. Well, give me an example of maybe a topic that due to your research, you feel a lot better informed about and, and it's a key part of your campaign today. Okay. Let's, let's pick a good one. The outpost. Okay. Four years ago, even before the election, it was already quote unquote, a done deal. The election didn't matter who was mayor. It was already signed, sealed and delivered. It's a private property. It is. And the original owners, Capexco, um, I had vetted them myself, maybe better than some. And at the time, I don't even know if they still exist because I haven't looked them up in four years. At the time, their resume included a parking lot. And that's all. Now I don't know. Maybe they're a good company now. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. I don't even know if they still exist. They're a Canadian-based company that had a subsidiary in Los Angeles. But I I couldn't tell you if they exist today. This council and this mayor, Mayor Voss, took a lot of the criticism. Now, the only thing I will say as far as maybe a mistake by the council or a mistake by Mayor Voss is they should have vetted Capexco better. They should have 
gone through a fine tooth comb and say, hey, they only have experience with maybe one little project. Maybe we should look at somebody else. The other issue that I think was a mistake was no deals or contract negotiations should take place outside of not only the city of Poway, but in my opinion, City Hall itself. Uh, from what I understand, the rumors or the facts, depending on who you talk to, it was a done deal in Las Vegas. Now, we've all heard the saying, what mm. happens in Vegas stays in <laughs> Vegas. Yeah. But that's not, right. actually, that's not actually true. Yeah. Some things get leaked. Right. But the outpost is a private property deal, just like the bowling alley. And even though people were upset, and, and with the outpost, everybody has a right to be upset. It is an eyesore on Poway Road. But it is a private property. And the current ownership group, I'm not even sure they're inclined to build. I think they're trying to flip it. So six months from now, a year from now, we might still be talking about this like it was two minutes ago. But in the meantime, I can just tell you if I'm fortunate enough to be elected mayor, I'm going to take a more proactive approach with whoever the ownership group is. And I can't technically force them to do anything. But sometimes when you offer advice and maybe you have a little clout, maybe things move a little faster. Now, I know, let's say tomorrow, everybody's ready to do something mm -hmm. with the outpost. It's still going to take probably close to a year with all the permits and zoning codes that need to be redone. And even before that, a, a company has to come to city council one day and say, we'd like to do it this way. And then Mayor Voss and the four council members will see if it appeals to them, and they might offer recommendations or concessions one way or the other, and then it might be approved. And then you're going to have to look at basically about a year or so with permits and zoning laws and everything. Right. So my mm -hmm. prediction is it could be January 1st, 2024 before the golden shovels come back. <laughs> the golden shovels and, we and don't the hard even, hats. And, and the hard hats. And, and we don't even know... If January 1st, 2024 is even yeah. accessible. Yeah, because they've, they've got to sort it out. You know, like you said, there's been the company went bankrupt again. I don't know the detail, but someone's got to step up to the plate, take ownership, decide they're going to want to make the project and complete it. But my one of the things that I learned is that, you know, obviously the the problem they had is when they dug the two stories down for the parking garage, which sounded like a cool idea in the beginning. But there was the creek bed there and they hit the water table and they were dealing with the flood. And that probably set them way off schedule and probably started the cycle of them going through their financial struggles. But they, did, did, they didn't do an EIR, did they? Did they properly vet that? Well, I uh, had asked that question multiple times at council meetings, and I did get an email from, uh, I believe, I, I don't know if it was from an actual council member or a staff member, but they had labeled the environmental impact report for the outpost as the whole Poway Road specific plan. And in all sincerity, the EIR for the PRSP is basically the thrift shops and the bowling alley mm -hmm. from Fairfield. But I guess... Legally speaking, they included it all the way down Poway Road to include the outpost. Now, I don't know if that was a mistake. Could be. But one thing about the outpost, and we talked about it four years ago, was I was against the underground parking to begin with. Mm. I even mentioned that at the GVCA forum at Painter Rock Elementary four years ago. Mm -hmm. My biggest fear, let's just say everything was good and 
there's an underground parking. My biggest fear is we live in California. Earthquakes are pretty common here. Yeah. what I hear. Yeah. That's what I've heard, too. (laughs) I always sincerely was scared that, my God, if there's a major earthquake, that whole structure could collapse and people could die. And that's what scared me in the first place. I remember you saying that four years ago. And... You know, maybe in hindsight, maybe the water problem is is a blessing in disguise because let's say everything was smooth, perfect. People were living there right now. There was a gym to go work out and then have a beer after. Yeah. And tomorrow there's a major earthquake. We might be having a horrible tragedy. So maybe the bad <laughs> the bad digging in the water, hey, it could be a, a, a blessing in disguise. Yeah, it's possible. Um, but it is just so unfortunate. I mean, some... You know, in some cases, uh, candidates and people in the community are pointing fingers at, you know, Mayor Voss and the council. In other circumstances, you could say it was just a terrible luck, you know, that the, that the, 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 the developer ran into all these challenges. Now, yeah. you could say, well, maybe they didn't do their homework yeah. and didn't prepare properly. But the end result is, is that we've got a hole in the ground on Poway Road. It's an eyesore and, um, and you know, is the sidewalk even open there, or did they? Uh, I, I, I think it is because a lot of people complained about that. Yeah, I know, uh, a few people at city council used to talk about the sidewalk. So I think you can still walk there, but why would you? Well, yeah, why would you? Yeah, but, but uh, well, I'm sorry. Uh, go sorry. ahead. Uh, one thing I wanted to say is, and I, I, I did this a couple times at the council meeting because I. I I often talk at the council meeting. You do? Yeah. It's a, I, I see you. I, yeah. I see the video. And I've even been criticized for talking because apparently that's not enough to some people. But I, I think it's good to talk at a council meeting, and I wish more people would do that, number one. Mm-hmm. But uh, I used a little bit of my uh, former comedian uh, <laughs> a couple times when I had referenced at a council meeting. If one didn't know there was going to be water issues at the outpost, one only had to look at the last tenant on that parcel of land, which was Poway Irrigation. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. And we talked about that where I even said, oh, I feel bad because maybe I should have bought a few more sprinklers over the years. (laughs) (laughs) I remember that was like a really old school irrigation shop that had Mm -hmm. been around for a long time. Wasn't there like a really big tree there? Uh, Yeah, I believe so. And then the old uh, office building for the chieftain. Yeah, Yeah. they used to have their printing presses in there back at one time. Um, It's, you know, it's interesting to roll the clock back and see just in the last four years, I mean, we're dealing with all the construction, but it's to remember what used to be there. You know, sometimes we kind of forget about some of that. But to your point, it's interesting because it it is private property, right? It's not like the city council can, you know, sort of jump in and be the the construction manager, the property manager, the architect, and they can't do it. It's like, for example, like some people are good with cars and some don't know anything. So if your car's not starting, chances are you're going to take it to the mechanic. And the mechanic's going to supposedly fix it. Mm-hmm. But let's just say he totals your car even worse. Is it your fault? I mean, you mm. relied on the expertise of others, uh, an auto mechanic. And I think even the council have relied on the expertise of engineers and developers. And they get the blame sometimes. Well, I, I think one angle of blame, and I think you mentioned it earlier, is that to use the analogy, maybe they picked an auto mechanic that only had worked on one car and only worked on the trunk. That's why you always need to vet. You got to vet them. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, 
we're getting some questions on the live oh, stream already. They're, right. they're piling in. All you want right. to take some questions? Sure. So, um, so just for the audience, just so you know, we're our live stream. The, the, we're on Facebook and YouTube. So Yuri and I will be having a conversation. I've got some questions and ideas and comments, but I, we want to entertain your thoughts and ideas too. So let's kind of go down the list here. We've got a few questions and a few other comments. So um, this is from uh, Ed Franklin. Ed. Um, and he says, yes, good call, Yuri. Economics play a part. So I think we're talking, this is from the earlier conversation. Ed goes on to say, why mayor? Like, why are you running for mayor and not a council member? Is, you know. Well, that's a good question. And uh, if there wasn't district elections, I probably would start at a lower level. But I live in District 4. And I am very happy with Kaylin Frank. And I wouldn't want to run against her. Uh Plain and simple. If maybe if, if it was somebody else, maybe I would have started off at at a district first. But I fully support Kaylin Frank, I, and I said it on a Zoom on February second, twenty twenty one, when she did the amendment for the the thrift shops, which is mm-hmm. something that's mm-hmm. very important for me because of memories with my parents, memories with my wife. When she did that, even though. They might not even come. The fact that they are allowed to was the whole point. And that's when she became my council member, and I fully support her. And as long as she's District 4, I'm not going to run for District 4. And Mm -hmm. I'm certainly not going to move to another district. (laughs) Because the housing prices are just a little bit rough. A little, yeah, yeah, especially these days. Yeah, pull your mic a little closer so make sure the audience can hear you. no, just let's go back to the thrift stores. Mm-hmm. They ha- they haven't found a home yet, have they? No, the the actual church ones. Yeah. No, they haven't. Uh, but there is a great thrift shop that I am an avid fan of, and that's Reruns Resale Shop on Poway Road in the Lienzo Charo yeah. Shopping Center. Yeah, that's a good one. My wife and I are there literally every week. Mm-hmm. Uh, the staff is wonderful. Uh, it's it's the best. Their prices are great, and it goes to a good cause, the seniors. Mm-hmm. The seniors are very important to me, and, I, and I'll tell you why. I've been criticized by some, saying, oh, you've done nothing for the seniors. Well, I, I, I think I have. You know, uh, I've spoken on their behalf, and if you look at my flyer later in my uh, candidate statement, it'll be quite clear that I was the first one to talk about seniors. I'm the first one to talk about a committee, a residential district review committee. But here's the emotional part for me. I went to the thrift shops as a teenager with my parents. My father passed away in 1999, and then I'd go to reminisce with my mother at the thrift shops because it made her happy because she was with my dad all the time there. And so we'd go there and everything, and then, you know, like everything in life, uh, you know, my mother got ill. Uh, I'm very fortunate to have a, a wonderful wife that I love dearly and who used to be a caregiver at a facility in Rancho Bernardo uh, many years ago. And she took care of my mother in certain aspects where a son can't do something for his yeah, mother. Yeah. And my wife and I took care of my mother till the very end when she had to go to a facility and she died peacefully. And the thrift shops mean more to me than just, oh, I got a good old book. Yeah. It, it's it's loving memories that I will cherish for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. 
Well, there there is a lot of reasons why so many people supported the thrift stores. Mm-hmm. Like they either had a personal emotional connection like you do. Maybe they were members of the church and were supporters of it. And then other people depended upon those thrift stores for you know, home goods and clothing and a lot of other things. Yes. So, yeah, it, you would think that with there's so much vacant property on Poway Road up in the business park. I'm not sure what the status is up there. You would hope they would find a place for those, those yeah. thrift stores to land. But to your point, rent ain't cheap. No. Uh, and speaking of rent... Uh, I brought this up years ago at a council meeting where instead of building new buildings and new stores, why don't we fill existing empty buildings on Poway Road especially? Mm -hmm. And now it's, of course, a popular theme amongst other candidates. But here's the thing. Why is there so many empty buildings? And this is before the current economy with inflation and everything. Two, three, four, five years ago, there were still empty buildings on Poway Road and the economy was good. I personally think that either there's some individuals or some companies that are purposely putting the rent so ridiculously high, knowing full well that nobody's dumb enough to rent the space because they can't make a profit unless they're selling something illegal. (laughs) And they're using it as a tax write-off for maybe some more successful ventures elsewhere in San Diego or God knows where, L.A., who knows? Yeah, I mean, there there might be reasons for it. It has tax write-off part of it. I mean, I think most landlords would prefer to have a tenant in there than not. Um, but Sometimes they do better with no tenant because if they're making good money on another project, their taxes are a lot lower saying, oh, my God, I lose 5000 a month every, every month here. Yeah, but then their profit's a lot lower too. So, you know, it, it's tricky because also be, if they lower the rent too low – then it's hard to get it back up to where they want it to be. Um, so there, it's an interesting game. Mm-hmm. You know, there's uh, now, now. I don't know if the city has the ability to either put pressure on a property owner. I don't think so. But maybe they can also try to give it an incentive. That's something that, if it's within the law, I would look into that and talk to the city attorney and say, "Can we not threaten them, but offer them some type of incentive?" Mm-hmm. to fill vacancies. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's possible or not. If I'm fortunate enough to be in that hall, in City Hall, I'll ask the city attorney, uh, Alan Fenstenmacher, if that's even a possibility. I personally don't know for sure. Yeah, it, it's it's tricky, too, because it is, pri- like you say, private property. And once the government is in there kind of manipulating businesses, it can get it like you know, they pick winners and losers. But there are things I think they can do. Other candidates have talked about it, um, you know, maybe expediting the permitting process, yeah. you know, because when they move in, they're going to have to do a remodel. There's probably going to be a permit. Um, so, yeah, there might be some things that can be done. Mm-hmm. So we've got a few more questions. Oh, yeah. Let's hear Okay, them. let's go down the list here. Um, Mike Devine is on the yes. list. Hey, guys. How you doing, Mike? Hi, Mike. <laughs> and uh, Ed Franklin. This is a new Yuri. I like it. Okay. Um, and this is from another candidate, Tony Russo. Oh, hey, Tony. Um, if my private property was an eye for my neighbors, I will put my last dollar that I would be fined. Um, I, I assume he meant eyesore. Oh, right? Is eyesore. that what it was? If my, pro- if my private property was an eyesore for my neighbors, I will put my last dollar that I would be fined. Common sense, if you build in a flood zone, you will hit water. That's true. And, and for example, uh, speaking of flood zones, there was talk of uh, putting housing in the um, uh, Big Stone Lodge area, mm-hmm. and 
that's that's another future outpost disaster if that were to take place. Mm-hmm. It is in a floodplain. So my recommendation, and if one day I have any say in the matter, is make it like a uh, historical park. Mm-hmm. Like keep the stones in certain places, put some swings, some uh, little merry-go-rounds for little kids to play, have some picnic tables for families to have lunch, and have like a, a monument-type plaque to show in 1888... <laughs> This was a stable. Yeah. In 1930, it was a dance hall mm-hmm. and show like the history of Poway and, and have it be something for the next generation to have a picnic and for kids to play. Yeah, I that's like what, that's I, what I would do. And I think it's a great idea. Um, to your point, it is it is a floodplain. But my understanding is, is that the city is it the city housing authority or um, uh, that it's been sold to the housing authority. So that's why a lot of people are worried. Right. So um, it would have to be sort of sold again, right, to maybe back to the city and then declared a park in some way. But that's what a mayor should be leading the charge Mm -hmm. on, right? Okay. And if I have that opportunity, I I will throw my two cents in, so to speak, and maybe certain things might change. Okay. Um, Here's a couple more uh, comments here. Um, This is for Mariana Benedict Basilla. Mm -hmm. Um, it was not terrible luck. I guess we're talking about the outpost here. Uh-huh. Um, there were plenty of people warning them about the high water table at the outpost prior to the start of the project. That's true. That is true. Yeah. So, but they I, hit water. I, but they hit water. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think, I'm just going to say it. Sometimes some politicians are too egotistical where they don't want to admit that they might have made an error in judgment. Some politicians. Well, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to be semi-neutral here, but no, in, yeah. all, in all seriousness, like if, if more politicians actually listen to the people, mm-hmm. things might be a little bit better in society in general. Like, for example, with my residential district review committee that I will have if I am the mayor, mm-hmm. it will be once a month at City Hall. It will be no appointments. It will be no chairperson. It'll be... Hey, John, what district do you live in? And you'll mm-hmm. say, I live in District 3. I'm like, okay, what's the issues in District 3 that bother you? Mm-hmm. Then Bob will come and I'll say, Bob, what district do you live in? I live in District 1. Oh, what's bothering you in District 1? And they will talk at the podium and there will be no running three-minute clock. You're going to finish your thoughts, your statements, and we're going to listen and we're going to go back and forth. And granted... Not everybody's going to be happy because nobody will ever be happy completely. Mm -hmm. But I think more people will be satisfied and happy with that district review committee because there will be dialogue. There will be back and forth. There will be listening and there will be discussion on both sides. And let me tell you this. There will be less angry people in this town after that committee. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that seems to be a common theme. Um, in terms of is, is city hall, is city council, are they listening, you know, and are they like truly listening and and responding to the needs of the of the constituents? Um, and I think uh, I think it's a fair point. You know, it's a fair it's a fair comment. And opening up a committee to kind of break it down and dive into the detail because you can only do so much detail at a city council meeting. Yeah. Right. Um, that's a That's a that's a sound idea. So good for you. Thank you. Okay. And, and and also like what will differentiate 
my committee from, say, the BRC or the Parks and Rec or any other committee is there isn't going to be like a boss of that district because then some somebody could be District 1 representative and they're going to say, well, he's so-and-so's friend. Everybody's going to be equal. Mm-hmm. You're going to talk. Bob's going to talk. Jim's going to talk. And you're all going to be equal. There's not going to be, I'm better than Bob. <laughs> Okay. Everybody's on even Steven here. Mm-hmm. Well, let's let's talk about a a, a situation just exactly this mm-hmm. in District Two, mm-hmm. and it's at the Stone Ridge at the 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 farm in Poway. Yeah. And and we I assume you were at the meeting oh, when yeah. that when that couple came forward, yes. and they were distressed. And they have every right to be. So let's talk a little bit about the farm in Poway. What are your thoughts on? The project. What do you like? What do you dislike? You know, run me through that. Okay, we'll we'll go back in time to 2020 election. Okay, I personally voted no on the farm. Mm -hmm. It passed overwhelmingly. I believe 63 percent. Yeah. At the time, I was like, I'm disappointed. The next day, I got over it. Okay, and why did I get over it? Because the whole point was whether you were for or against the farm. You had the right to cast your ballot. That's what democracy is all about. Mm -hmm. Hey, we're not all happy with elections. (laughs) 2020 is a prime example. Yeah, right. But to be able to cast your ballot is the main thing. In retrospect, after the fact, about six months after, and even a year after, it was the only alternative, and it was the best alternative. Because uh, the owner, I believe, uh, I, I think it's Michael, but Schlesinger. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always get confused with like the director, John Schlesinger. Or, or, or Dr. Laura. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was a, a potential fire hazard. Oh. Plain, plain and simple. If they, if they did not do anything with the farm, that was a potential fire hazard that could have been worse than 2003 or 2007. It was the Amazon jungle in North Poway. Mm -hmm. So as far as what is now taking place, there's always going to be issues. I think uh, what needs to be done is the city, the ownership group, the developers, the engineers, contractors should all get together and look at what works and what doesn't work. Now, as far as the, the lady that was there the uh, last week or so, I feel very bad for that lady, and she has every right to be upset because not only does she lose the obvious, her, the views. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know golf courses are not as popular as they once were. That's why they haven't made Caddyshack 3 yet. <laughs> uh, but there's something needs to be done. And I, I remember even Mayor Voss said he's going to look into something to try to – solve as best as they can the problem with uh, maybe some trees, some higher fencing to give her family privacy because uh, she mentioned how uh, a construction worker was like waving. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's intrusive. That's horrible. So I hope and pray that that gets resolved where everybody is at least, if not happy, content. Well, it seemed like her complaint was, and I'm, I'm going to have the numbers wrong, but there was supposed to be like a 40-foot buffer between the properties 
um, in between the new home that's being built and her property line. But then it was reduced to like 26 feet or something like that. Mm-hmm. So what happened there? Did, did the developer break a rule or did a rule change? Did, what, what's happened there? That, that I'm not sure. But like everything with projects in this town, read the fine print. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if anything was amended or if somebody cheated. I have no idea. But one thing that needs to be done, especially with the farm, is, and I brought this up uh, in the past where we're supposed to have, like a, I think, a dog park mm-hmm. near there. And, of course, the butterfly uh, entrapment. Yeah. <laughs> what if not enough people are looking at butterflies? What if not enough people are walking their dog? Two, three, four, or five years down the line, hey, we can put about five houses in that spot. Mm-hmm. Is that language written in the contract? Is that language written in the document, the, the original plans? I don't know. I'm not sure. But somebody needs to make sure because there could be more houses there. And one of the issues that I've always talked about is Prop FF. Now, Prop FF didn't apply for the farm because we had the right to vote. Mm -hmm. We don't have the right to vote on anything on Poway Road. Now, I don't believe this will ever happen, but let's just say one day they want to build the Space Needle (laughs) on Poway Road. Mm -hmm. People can amend a a zoning law. It's, It's happened before. Well, if and, not if not a, spa- a space needle, maybe an Amazon building. Well, that that's already that, <laughs> we, we've got enough of those. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll get to that later in the in the podcast. Uh, but let's just say, for argument's sake, I'm trying to be humorous at times. But let's just say somebody built something that's so out of the blue that it's ridiculous, mm-hmm. and technically it's legal because they can amend it or it's written into the rules that they can do pretty much anything they want. We're all going to go bananas, but we don't have any say to vote on it. I believe that Prop FF should be reexamined and possibly amended, not by me or a council member, but by the people. Put it on a ballot one day. Say, do you agree with the current zoning of Poway Road and the Poway Road general plan, or should there be revisions and should we be able to one day vote on certain aspects of that revision? Mm-hmm. Maybe, hopefully, one day. Yeah, I, it seems to me that if there are amendments to that, it would have to go to the people. I mean, that's kind of the way that well, – that's why Prop FF was went to the people yeah. back in the 80s when it was approved. November 1988, 10,960 people voted yes on Prop FF, most of whom are no longer with us after 34 years. Mm-hmm. But nearly 49,000 of us have to live with it every day. You know, it, it's surprising to me that when they passed Prop FF, the, re, the rationale was, you know, we want to, you know, we want to uh, keep development at bay. We want to retain our, our character of our city. We value the open space and the trails. That was the, the impetus of Prop FF. But it's strange to me that it didn't apply to the whole city, that it only applied to certain parts of the city. Um, some people might argue, well, only in the wealthy areas of Poway. Um, and Poway Road was excluded from that. Um, you can look at that both ways. It mm-hmm. was protecting the 
large acreage of ranches. Mm -hmm. Or you could say, well, you got to come in through San Diego Freeway, through Poway Road. That's going to be the city aspect of it. It, you can, it can cut both ways, but generally speaking, I think the majority of Powegians will say it was protecting the north, large family homes, large ranches. Mm-hmm. I, I remember seeing lots of horses back in the day, and even in the late 90s, I saw a lot of horses. I, don't, I, I think the last horse I saw was a parade. You, you, with one of your opponents was here, and we met, talked about that. How we hadn't seen a horse roaming around on Poway Road or on uh, on Community or Midland, but uh, uh, another person here in Poway that I know took a picture of one and mm-hmm. posted it online. It's the first time I've seen one. Yeah. Um, but you're right. I think with all the with all the construction, the increased traffic, mm-hmm. it's just less and less friendly for horses to be on the road. True. You, you know. Um, now, what about like with Prop FF? Does that include the Matate area, the you know the, those meadows? Uh, I'm not sure on that because I've heard different stories. However, uh, the one parcel at the end, which is currently zoned for one house, could possibly be rezoned for 50. That's been a topic of discussion from uh, uh, one of the candidates in the past who might have proposed that. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't be surprised. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's going to buy that parcel of land if they can only build one house? Maybe someone who wants a big house. That's fine. And the owner of that parcel of land has every right to sell it because nobody's on it. Nobody's doing anything with it. So currently it's zoned for one house. I personally hope if it does get sold that some wealthy gentleman or, or lady buys that parcel land and builds their big dream home and then end the discussion. But I have a a terrible fear that it could one day be 50 homes. And why do you ask? I'll, I'll tell you. You brought this up before our meeting, so I thought I'd plug this. This is my uh, flyer that I sent out. You hold it a little higher so people can see yeah. it. There it is. Yeah. Most of you probably got this in the mail uh, within the past few days. The biggest problem our city is suffering with is the unfair inflated housing mandates of Sacramento. Now, I know people like to blame the local electors here, but uh, it's Governor Newsom who is in bed with the developers. I'll just be blunt. Uh I'm not saying, and I've been accused kind of in the past of not wanting to build any houses in the city of Poway. No, we have to build houses. That's common sense. That's progress. Yeah, there's going to be lots of homes built in the coming years. But I don't believe that there should be 1,618 potential housing units in the city of Poway, most of which, about 75 to 90 percent, are going to be in South Poway and Poway Road. Mm. And as I stated in the GVCA forum, if I'm elected mayor, I will petition every elected official in the great state of California and all 58 municipalities who believe that each individual city should base their own housing needs and assessments on just that, actual needs and availability and not quotas. And I have spoken to a couple of elected officials who share my sentiment, and I know more will follow. And depending... If I'm elected, I guarantee you 
I will gather signatures of elected officials and I will personally hand deliver it to Governor Newsom on the steps of the Capitol building in Sacramento. And we will go from there, including but not limited to possibly even the California U.S. Supreme Court. Now, I don't know if I will succeed or if I will fail, but if given an opportunity by the voters of Poway, we're going to find out. I'm not afraid to get knocked out, but I'll never throw in the towel. Okay. It's like Rocky Balboa right here. So yeah. this is good. I mean, because, you, you know, you, you, you stand, you have some firm principles on some of these topics mm-hmm. and you want to take it all the way to the top. Yeah. You, you're never going to succeed if, if you don't try. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, too, because for the longest time, the state of California, municipalities, counties um, have been very resistant to development in a lot of areas. And Sacramento had been passing certain legislation to slow down development. Mm-hmm. But they they flipped. Um, you know, Governor Newsom and the the state legislature now are suddenly really aggressively trying to build more. Yes, because there is a housing deficit, but well, they're assigning it quotas to all these different cities. And to your point, some cities can handle it better than others. Yes, one size does not fit all. Mm-hmm. And I'm not an extremist saying, "Oh, we're never going to build a house." Of course not. Mm-hmm. Housing is necessary. That's that's a given. But how much? That's that's the problem. I saw a um, it was an article like within like three four weeks ago where Governor Newsom was at a press conference and he had I don't know if they were real construction workers or de- developers or engineers, but they had the you know the orange suits and whatnot, yeah. and they were holding signs that say "Build more houses now, build houses faster." Mm-hmm. At the expense of the quality of life of its current residents, mm-hmm. that's not fair. That's not fair at all. And why? Okay, here's another thing. One out of every eight people in America live in California. Mm-hmm. That's 12.5%. California, if it was a country, is like the seventh or eighth largest economy in the world. Right. Governor Newsom wants to make that one out of seven live in, in California of the whole United States, make it 14.5%, and we're all going to be in sardine houses, pigeon houses and sardine cans mm-hmm. on Poway Road. <laughs> That's not right. Yeah. When you go drive down to Mira Mesa and, and you're going south on the 15 and you turn uh, to your right, yeah, it looks like tenements. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it kind of does. It doesn't even look like apartments or condos or townhouses. It looks like tenements. That's going to happen on Poway Road if we don't fight. Well, what, what do you think about that Fairfield project? Because that's going to be a big four-story apartment building. I mean, how many units are going in there? Uh, the last time I had heard, and I could be wrong, it was like 1,100, I think, something like that. So tell me your thoughts on that particular project. Well, I mean, this is replacing your beloved thrift yeah, stores. True. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not 100% happy with it, but it's already a done deal. Whether I win on November 8th, it's not like I can say, okay, guys, pack it up. <laughs> You're not building here. All right. So my opinion, for what it's worth, is squat. I could say I hate the whole thing, but I'm still going to have to be like, 
welcome to Poway. So it has its issues, to put it blunt. But there's nothing I can do about it. And those who think they can are either misinformed big time or they're lying to the public. Everything that is signed already, even if I hate it, there's nothing I can do about it. There's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing you can do about it. It's a done deal. You can't break the law and say, no, get the rebar out. We, we might want to do that with the outpost, but in general, no, you can't tell people to go away. It's what's signed, sealed, and delivered is done. What I can change is the future, what, what is going to be happening one day, what they're going to try to do, and we can be more moderate growth and more realistic and also more accommodating to the needs of people and their opinions. That's what a committee might be for. But there's really not a whole lot of places left to build in Poway, is there? Oh, yeah, there is. Mm-hmm. We, we've touched on it already, the Matate parcel. Right. That That's, that's possibly going to happen one day. In the crosshairs of someone. Yes. Mm-hmm. But it's all about Sacramento. If Sacramento was, like, reasonable and neutral, we wouldn't have as many problems as we do. We'd sure, we'd have problems, and sure, some people would still be complaining, and rightfully so, but we wouldn't be in the mess that we're in today. And yes, there is still many more parcels of land that are possibly in danger. Hey, we got some more questions. Sure. Let's take a few as they're coming in. And again, for the audience, we encourage you to type in your questions and comments if you're watching the live stream on Facebook or YouTube. And uh, we'll, we'll share these uh, and give Yuri a chance to respond to them. Um, and let's uh, scroll back. Where do we leave off? Um, and well, we have the, the, the chat board is just lighting up here. Oh, so, yeah. I knew there would be some familiar um, names. So, yeah, here's one uh, from Delena gilroy Olps. Uh, you could pull a public records request to find out the information is out there. Um, so I'm not sure I, 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 <laughs> this is, which let, project. Let, you know what? Let's let's be honest. Let's let's not, let's not mince words. Mrs. Olps is, of course, not a fan of mine because I was against the recall effort of Mayor Voss that was originated by her husband, Christopher Olps. Mm-hmm. See, I, I was waiting for this, and I'm glad you didn't like hide it because I want people to know. Yes, I was against the recall effort of Mayor Voss, and I'll tell you why. Number one, it would have cost the taxpayers of this city in excess of 500000 had it got on the ballot. Forget about if it actually had a recall. Just to get on that ballot would have taken money away from our fire department, our sheriff's department, other vital city services. Okay? Number two. If Mayor Voss had done something illegal with Carols by Candlelight, would he be seeking a third term on November 8th? Wouldn't he have resigned in disgrace? Okay. That was all a sham, and I'll tell you why it's a sham. Now, Mayor Voss is probably a lot more politically correct than I, <laughs> and, he's, and I respect him for that because he's taken a lot of abuse, even from me, and he's never thrown it back, and I respect him for that. He truly is thick-skinned and can take it. In 2010, Mayor Voss had a recall effort against Miss Betty Rexford. Mm, I remember that. Okay. 
Now, whether it had something to do with fire trucks or other inappropriate things in a neighborhood, I'm not sure. I've heard different stories either way. But ever since Mayor Voss was successful in that recall, even though he didn't get her seat, he came up about 150 votes shy. Uh, I believe John Mullen, I think it was 152 if I'm not mistaken, Mm -hmm. but somewhere in that range, got her seat. And ever since then... He, he, two years later, Mayor Voss got on the council, or, yeah, two years later in 2012, mm-hmm. got on the council. And every year since 2012, around December, or sometimes even in October or November, there's talk about, did he not file the right tax code on the charitable thing? Is he not paying taxes? How much money goes to the children? If he was doing something illegal, he'd be a distant memory. Okay, I'm sure everything is above board. And number one, he's raised over a million dollars for children, children with cancer and other terrible diseases. Look, I'm running against Mayor Voss, okay, because I feel that I can do better in the city, but I have no animosity towards Mayor Voss. I regret some of the things I even said to him. And uh, if he's listening, Mayor Voss, I apologize if I ever truly hurt you and offended you. It was political fodder. But that's why every year around this time, perpetrated by members of some Facebook groups, shall remain nameless. <laughs> okay. So a lot of like longitude and latitude involved in the, in the name of the group. Uh, they talk about Carol's by Candlelight. Okay. Every year. Get over it, people. Well, it's interesting because I mean that topic comes up. You're right every 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 year um, as we get into the holiday season, and in my opinion, they have done a good job of exposing the issue. Now, the fact that it's been exposed and there hasn't been any any repercussions. What does that mean? I mean, does it mean that it is in fact above board, or does it mean that it's really not being investigated properly? District attorneys like to make a name for themselves, and if they can bust a politician, they're on easy street after that. Mm -hmm. If Mayor Voss had done something illegal, he'd be living in Texas right now. Above board is the finite answer, okay? Um, It's annoying. It's, It's really getting annoying. And I fell for it a little bit in 2018. I had a KUSI interview on Halloween night. Mm. Bad night to be on TV, by the way. (laughs) Uh, Your viewership's a little bit low. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. And I even had mentioned at the time there's some possible irregularities. I was duped. I followed the social media buzz, and I was an idiot for doing that. And I learned. First time you run for election, you don't always know what you're doing. I'm more knowledgeable now, and I know what I'm doing now. And I'll tell you a funny story. Earlier uh, this year, as a matter of fact, I forget what month because I go to so many council meetings and talk. (laughs) uh, I had spoken about something during public comment, and I could hear in the background a lot of noise. In fact, I even heard profanity, the F word, and it was about me. Really? Yeah. And you know who said it? Who? Betty Rexford herself. Really? Yeah. You want to know why? 
Tell because us. I defended Mayor Voss on a false charge of criminality about the recall effort. I stand by that statement, and I'll say it again. I will always defend an innocent person on a false charge of criminality. That's who I am. Mm-hmm. Even a man whom I wish to replace as your mayor. Well, you know, Betty Rexford certainly is no fan of Mayor Voss. I mean, no. you know, and, not, and neither of me as well. <laughs> right. I guess, you know, you've uh, have gained some credibility when Miss Rexford hates you. <laughs> Just the, the drama in our city is is amazing. I love it. We have some more questions. OK, okay let's go to go down this list. This is another one from Mariana. Benedict Basilla. The Butterfly Farm is a business that will have a profit-making school with field trips. So I guess they're going to be bringing in uh, students from some of the schools and visiting the butterflies. Uh, hopefully. Um, yeah. It's better than some of the things that are going on in the Poway Unified School District, I suppose. Yeah, but I think I think what she's implying is that from a lot of other places in the county. I know there's, a, there's some people that are skeptical that the Butterfly Farm will ever be built. They just think it's a marketing gimmick that was used to, to, to get the proposition to pass. But I wouldn't doubt that. Mm-hmm. And it's quite possible that that might be true. Yeah. So I guess we'll, you know, we'll tr- find out when the first uh, uh, rebar is installed. So I guess it's trust but verify. I don't know what it is, yeah. but we're going to find out. Well, um, I said it. I mean, let's just say it got built and then nobody cares and nobody's going. It's kind of like a council meeting. Then, yeah, they're going to tear it down and they're going to build like five houses on that spot. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be shocked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's definitely possible. It's kind of like what they're doing in Carmel Mountain Ranch, how they're filling in that golf course. Oh, I mean, you know, Mr. Schlesinger owns that or did on that property, I believe. The Carmel Mountain Golf? I know he owns the SD. Oh, where well, the double tree is. I'm I'm not 100 percent sure, so I don't want any litigation. But from what I've heard, I could be wrong, that Schlesinger bought the double tree and they're building houses right now as we speak. Wow. Well, he's got a lot going yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's made friends in Los Angeles and San Diego County. So there, one other comment about um, Schlesinger is that when when the proposition was put forward, we were told that that McNamara would be, you know, in charge of the project and Schlesinger would be out. But apparently Schlesinger is still involved. Is that true? From what I understand, but again, property rights. But wasn't that in the the language of the proposition that the voters voted on? I'm not sure if it was exactly in detail in the document itself. Mm -hmm. I I have to read it again. And that was like a few years. Uh, But again, property owner's rights. Why is he obligated to sell 100% of it? Maybe he sold 10% or 20% or 50%. The people voted. We got to live with it. Mm -hmm. At the time, I wasn't happy with the farm. I was one of the 37%. But the next day, I got over it. I think maybe we should all try and just move forward. That's a Glenn Fry song, isn't it? Get over it. (laughs) Okay, here's a couple more here. This is another one from Ed Franklin. Yuri is growing up right in front of us using common sense. So Ed's a fan. Thank you, Ed. Um, Mike Devine chiming in. Uh, And this is one of the few forums that Mike Devine is not banned from. (laughs) Yes, and mine as well. The city and the country forever. Uh, I'll tell a funny story before we read his uh, question. Okay. uh, about a little over a year ago, I think, uh, my, my Facebook group, The City and the Country Forever, mm-hmm. was a public group where anybody could join. And my friend Mike Devine was uh, 
doing his usual chatter with uh, Christopher Olps of all people. And I don't remember the specifics, but they were going back and forth. And I didn't want it to be, like you said, a boxing match. So I kind of made a uh, Facebook uh, GIF that showed like two guys shaking hands. And I'm like, let's just make the peace. Yeah. And I didn't even think any more of it. I went and had something to eat and I came back on Facebook and I was going to go on uh, Poway Neighbors. I couldn't find Poway Neighbors. What happened to Poway Neighbors? I've been on there for like a year or two. I type up. It's like Poway Neighbors doesn't exist. Oh. Then I found it. I resubmitted like a applying. Uh, an hour later, I, I got accepted like 10 minutes later. And then I went and did something. I went and checked Poway Neighbors. And then it was completely gone. And I'm like, how did I get banned? Just because I know Mike Devine, I get banned from a Facebook group? I, de- I defend people to have peace and not fight. A lot of people on my Facebook group wanted me to kick out Mike Devine. I wasn't going to kick out Mike Devine. If he did something really bad, yeah, I would. But he made his opinions. He spoke the truth on 99% of it. If you don't agree with it, fine. Debate him. Argue with him. Fine. But don't tell me how to run my Facebook group and say, get rid of Mike Devine. If he pisses me off, I know this is, well, it's after nine. <laughs> if he Sorry, was we started a little late. Me, then, yeah, I would kick him out. Now, mm-hmm. my Facebook group used to be open to the public, and then people like Mrs. Olps, uh, a whole bunch of other Kool-Aid gang people. We're using profanity on my group. So, yeah, I blocked them. I had to. This was not uh, an X-rated Facebook group with just vulgarity and profanity. So, yeah, I turned it into a private group. So that way it wouldn't get out of hand. Mm-hmm. And for the record, I was banned from Poway Underground first or blocked and banned before I blocked and banned Christopher Alps for the record. Because wow. had, had he not blocked me, I would not have blocked him. <laughs> but The drama, the Facebook casa drama. Su casa. Okay. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, it, it, you know, it's interesting, too. It's like, you know, the Poway Neighbors group, by the way, is a really great Facebook group. It used to be for me, but now I can't get into it's it. It's too bad. They're, they're really hardcore about no politics. Oh, but I didn't even post anything on there. So, it's because some of the administrators are friends with Christopher Olps. Mm. And that's why I I get banned by uh, a group I didn't even have a problem with. Wow, uh, that's okay. You know, if I ever need a handyman or uh, you know a plumber, there's still a Yellow Pages. Really? <laughs> well, you could Google it for sure. Well, that too. Um, yeah, and there's a bunch of other Poway groups that are kind of like that. No, you know, all so the other po- all the other Poway groups are fine. I, I haven't had any issues. Yeah. The uh, Poway community and neighbors. That's a good one. That's I'm, another I'm one. That. And I, I, and just full disclosure, I'm an, You're administ- an administrator as well. And it was because the guy that started it, he said, "I'm overwhelmed. Can someone help?" And yeah. a few people jumped in, and yeah. and we just kind of took over. Yeah, we well, <laughs> we just kind of make sure the rules are followed. Yeah. Is all you know. Keep the the companies and their business ads on Fridays only, yeah. and that sort of. And what's up with all these these. Um, uh, people trying to get all the lint and dust out of our ventilation systems. Those guys are aggressive. Yeah. Anyways, I digress. Okay, so let's get to Mike's yeah, point here. Sure. Um, and, Sorry, Mike. And where was it? And, and here it is. Um, 
Mike Devine says, uh, the lady at Stone Ridge has a lot of political clout. Have we determined they, that the uh, 40-foot setback was really true? Again, I don't know the answers to this. Yeah, I'm not sure either, but um, she was very passionate, uh, and I saw, I was there, I saw it, and I even watched it on the replay, and she has every right to be upset, and I think even Mayor Voss said they're going to look into it with the owners of the property, the developers, everything, and they're going to try to make some type of uh, concession to make uh, that lady and her family uh if not happy, at least content. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, Mike goes on to say setbacks generally cannot be changed, but it goes against the narrative. So, you know, that yeah. was just one of the things we were wondering. Did the city council change the setbacks? Did a bureaucrat in city halls change the setbacks? Or did the developer break the rule? Or is there a misunderstanding? Well, there's always going to be a, a scapegoat or uh, an mm-hmm. excuse of, well, we didn't send that email and so-and-so didn't realize whether that's true or, you know, it was, whether it's deliberate or incompetent, either way, a family is upset. And I believe uh, even Mayor Voss said something to the effect like they're going to look at maybe putting trees to have more privacy where nobody can look into the mm-hmm. lady's backyard. And I hope something like that happens. Yeah, I hope so, too. Um, it, it's it's got to be rough on those property owners because they bought homes on a golf course for a reason. Then the world changed on them, um, and now finally the construction's starting, and yeah, it's rocking their world. So um, that's a tough one. Um, a couple more comments here. Uh, Ed Franklin goes on to say he must have secretly listened to my podcast. You know, Ed has a podcast. By yeah, the way. I have to get some information later from you tonight because I'd love to listen to him. He's the Ed Franklin No Limits podcast, and he's the former president and CEO of the Poway Chamber. Chamber he's got a ra- it's a yeah. really good podcast. So um, and he's a longtime Poway guy. Yeah. So. Um, oh, and um, here's Miss Olps with a comment. Uh, Chris had the documents sent over from Kevin McNamara in 2020. It said right in the docs that minor changes like setbacks could be changed after voting. Okay. Hmm. So that might be part of what's happening with that particular person. Quite possible. Uh, we're, again, I'm speculating. I'm just a dude with a podcast. I'm not like a, a city engineer. No. Um, Mike Devine goes on, the best solution to low-income housing was was Brown Senior Trailer. Not sure what that's about. Um, I'm not either. So uh, we'll get a couple more here because I know everyone's now jumping in because they like to see their name on the screen. I'm just curious. uh, Just uh, my ego here. uh, Does it tell you how many people are watching? Yeah, right now our live stream is – we have 12 people on the live stream, which is kind of nice. Yeah. And then, you know – we get way more views and downloads afterwards. True. Um, they watch it on YouTube or Facebook or they listen on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or whatever. Um, but it's nice to have the live stream audience. Yes, and, and I'm, I'm glad that there are a lot of viewers because whether you like me or hate me, chances are you're going to watch. Yeah, and I think that's what you got some lovers and haters here that are on the yes. on the live stream. And I, I want to get to everyone's question because that's part of yeah. the fun. You know, it's part of the community forum aspect of what we're doing here. Um, Mariana Benedict Basilla says Prop FF protects the citizens from the council members being able to make zone changes in most areas, increasing the density of the property without full transparency. We have a representative style of government. Prop FF supports this idea. It's not perfect, but the alternative is untenable. Ask, ask that question to the average person when they look at Poway Road. They don't have any say. They can't vote on anything on Poway Road. Mm-hmm. So 
you can look at that statement and say, for certain things, it, it's good, but clearly for other things, it's very bad. And I believe that Poway Road should be protected one day, or at the very least, allow the voters of Poway, all however many registered voters there are, 21, 22,000, whatever it might be, put that on a ballot one day to say, can you vote on a future project on Poway Road, or will you not be able to vote on a future project on Poway Road? Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure it'll pass more than 50% plus one vote to be able to vote on future projects on Poway Road. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure. A doubt. I'm sure voters would love to have that. But, you know, it kind of goes back to the other point. I'm just being devil's advocate here that it is private property, you know, and so now you've got people telling private property owners what they can now, and cannot now, do. Good point, and I'm glad you said that. It's, again, let's just say, for example, I'll use Rite Aid as an example mm-hmm. because there's technically nothing to generalize on Poway Road right now. Rite Aid has been empty for like five years. So let's say they want to put, uh, I don't even know if they still exist, a save-on in that Rite Aid building. Then you, me, and every other voter has have no should have no opinion or say. I mean, you can have an opinion, but you should have no voting right on there. But let's just say they want to build a Magic Mountain amusement park <laughs> where that Rite Aid is. Mm-hmm. Then, yeah, we should be able to vote and say we approve it or we don't approve it. That's what I mean when I say about Prop FF on Poway Road. I'm not saying we can't have that... 12 apartment studio apartments there but if it's going to be 10 different studio apartments and they're five feet tall stories then yeah it should be allowed with prop ff to vote on things so so then it becomes not on a specific project it's more about zoning zoning basically and that was kind of what happened with the farm now granted it was only one project for that that zone but pretty big 160 homes yeah pretty significant yeah it's crazy if you're driving up there on a spola Uh, uh, i mean it's like i mean those it's amazing what those earth mover trucks can do mm -hmm. um and we've seen them at the fairfield project and it's it's unbelievable. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think if you were to ask voters, they would love to have Prop FF for the whole city. Well, yeah. And again, I'm surprised that when they did it, they didn't do it for the whole city. You know. So yeah. let's move on. We got a couple sure. more comments here. Um, and this is Mike Devine, and it looks like he's talking to Miss Oltz. Oh. So this might be a little bit of the back and forth amongst the yeah. folks in the chat. So I'm going to kind of keep moving on from this and. Okay, again, I think the two of them are having a conversation. So, um, I bet it's a lively one. It is. Uh, my eyes are bad, so okay, I, well, I didn't the, bring my glasses. Now, this is, I think, a fair <laughs> question here. Okay, yeah. so, and this this is from Miss Olps, and she says, "Wow, he is really taking to loving Voss. Maybe I'll just vote for Voss." So, I, I want to talk about well, that. Anybody can vote for whoever they like. That's called democracy. Oh, of course. Yeah, but let's. I think the the underlying point is is this is that in 2018 you as you said you you were outspoken and criticized Mayor Voss on a number of other things and now you've learned more and your opinions have changed. I learned more about property rights. Mm-hmm. I learned more about um, zoning laws. I learned more about lies, secrets, and lies. Mm-hmm. I learned more about innuendo. I learned more about false charges. 
I learned more about downright ugliness in politics. Well, that's good. I mean, it's good to as you're a candidate a second time, you're you're a better candidate as a result. And you've been doing your due diligence at City Hall. But what I've witnessed is that in many cases you are, and you've done so in this in this episode of defending Mayor Voss. Yeah. But at the same time, you're running against Mayor Voss. I know. So kind of help me. It's a conundrum. Yeah. So help me help me through that. Okay. I don't have any animosity. I have no ill will, no bad feelings, no hard feelings against Mayor Steve Voss as a human being, as a person. I think he's taken a lot of heat, some deserved, but a lot, not really his fault. Why am I running against him? Well, it's not so much that I'm running against him as much as I'm running for mayor of the city of Poway for the people. I want to things to get better. I want things to be different. I want things to go back to certain ways of our tradition on December 1st, 1980. And I want things to, of course, be more progressive. He just happens to be the incumbent. So if if he had uh, retired six months ago and, and another person took over for six months, I'd be running against him or her. I have no ill will towards Mayor Voss. And yes, I will defend him when needed if I feel it's appropriate, and I will compliment him and the council when I think they've done something good for the city and its people. It doesn't mean I can't run against him. I just feel that maybe I can do things different and perhaps even better. So give me an example of something that you think that's part that you believe you can do better mm-hmm. um, with our city that is not being done by its current leadership. Okay. Number one, I would listen more. I would have a committee to get input from people. Because a lot of people don't go to the council meetings. I understand that. And I know people are busy. But everybody seems to go to the council meetings sometimes, like when the Amazon building's already done. <laughs> and that went up fast, yeah. didn't it? But it wasn't like it was a ghost town secret doubles probation meeting. <laughs> it was on record. Mm-hmm. It's just nobody pays attention. I have a sad story to tell about politics and even Poway politics. I ran into a gentleman that I hadn't seen in like a year by chance. And I told him, I'm running for mayor again. And he knew I ran in 2018. He goes, oh, you're running for mayor again? All right. Uh, Who are you running against? And I go, "Uh, Mayor Steve Voss. And he goes, he's still the mayor? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And he's a resident of Poway. Mm -hmm. And he didn't know. And I felt bad you know, but I had to tell that story. Well, I'm not going to tell his name or his address or his phone yeah, number. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we've talked about this with a number of other candidates. Is there's people are busy. You know, they yeah. got a life. They've yeah. got their challenges and their family True. issues and their career, True. and they're busy and scrambling and doing everything they can as parents and as you know business people. Some people, yeah, they don't pay attention to yeah. city politics, no. and, they, and they probably. Some of them are now because yeah. of what's happening around the city. There's been such radical changes in, in many of our neighborhoods. They pro- were probably unaware of what, all the events that led up to the development. Um, but it doesn't surprise me that no. there's – I mean, it's almost like Jay Leno, the man on the street. You know, they ask some questions and people yeah. don't really know a lot of uh, current events. That's true. Uh, um, there's, there's been several occasions at a council meeting – 
I don't have the specific dates, but if you go through, you can probably find them, where I was the only public speaker, whether it was public comment or a certain agenda item. Okay, there was one time where I, I think I spoke three or four times on different things, and I was the only one, and then there was a last item, I forget what it was, where it went through, and even the council had made a joke like, Gary, do you, you have anything to say? And I'm like, oh, no, I'm done. Thank you. <laughs> so, you know, you know, I wish more people would show up. I really do, because then there'd be more public awareness, number one, and then maybe the council would see a lot of people in the audience and go, okay, we got to work on trying to alleviate some of their concerns. Yeah, no, I agree with you. It's I mean, a two-way street. It is. Um, and, you know, there have been incidents in our past where groups have been – that have mobilized people to show up for meetings to try to influence the city council. Like a great example was the Poway Girls Softball League mm-hmm. that they brought in all of the of their athletes and they knew it was going to be a jam-packed and they moved the city council meeting to the, the Poway Center for the Performing Arts. Wow. Um, be- and and that's what led to the creation of Aubrey Park. Mm-hmm. Um, what, so, y- what year was that? Do you remember? Mm, I'm going to guess that it was around oh, oh, 04, oh. Oh, 05. Oh, I was in Carmel Mountain. Oh, no, actually it was before that. Oh, oh. It might have been oh, 02 okay. uh, when that all passed because I remember it opened up uh, around oh, 06, oh, 07. Is when the park finally opened. I might have my dates wrong, but yeah. it's roughly that. Sure. My daughter was playing softball there at the time. It's a beautiful park. Yeah. But to to your point, yeah, it'd be great to have more people involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and in some cases, people aren't paying attention. In other cases, people don't feel like they're being heard. In other cases, you know, maybe there's a little bit of, um, uh, you know, they, they just they don't feel passionate about any of the particular topics, right? True. You know, um, let's uh, let's kind of shift gears, sure. if you don't mind, and let's jump into something. We've been talking about development yeah. and all this other stuff. So let's go to crime, because ah. uh, I'm I'm on like next door. You've mm-hmm. gone that next door, and I just uh, I, I really haven't gone on it, but I, I'm starting to. Obviously, it's it's an, it's very different than a lot of the other Facebook groups. Uh-huh. Um, next door is you know they kind of parse it down into little neighborhoods, which mm-hmm. is kind of neat. They've got I don't know like twenty different neighborhoods for, just for power. Sometimes that could be bad because then they'll know where you live. Well, <laughs> yeah, maybe. But I often joke that it's like there's a bunch of like Mrs. Kravitzes from Bewitched, you know, that are looking through their window and they see people on the street, suspicious people. In some cases though, they've had doorbell cameras that have caught people breaking into cars. Yeah. We've been having a lot more theft of vehicles. We've had catalytic, catalytic converters, converters yeah. has been the hot thing. There are cases of people breaking into homes and stealing cash and jewelry and other valuables. In some cases, while the families are asleep in the house yeah, at the time. I heard about that one story that was frightening because what if you startle them and they're scared? They might kill the people. That, yeah. I mean, crime has gone up. And I know that the moniker is Poway is the safest city in the county. Mm-hmm. And to some degree, I believe that is true. I've heard other, uh, in years past, uh, I believe it was Rancho Santa Fe that was at one time listed. And that makes sense because, uh, you know, most homes are about 5 to $10 million over there. Uh, but yeah, Poway is one of the safest, if not the safest, but it's not going to be like that forever if we don't do something about it. And one of my plans is if I'm elected, 
I'm going to increase the sheriff's department's budget and the fire department's budget if I can legally, just for the record. I'm not 100% sure if I could do that. Based on mitigating factors like are we having a surplus for the fiscal year or a deficit? I would also eliminate what I like to call a lot of pork in this city government. Mm -hmm. Why do we continually pay consulting firms five figures, you know, 25,000, 30,000, and in some cases maybe even six figures, 100 grand, to tell us what they recommend us to do on various issues? We have a, a good city staff. They're well paid. They're all intelligent. Why can't we all just get in a room, ask each other's opinions on whatever the topic or issue is, and say, that's a good idea. Oh, no, let's do it this way. And then work together and find a solution to do whatever the item might be instead of paying a consulting firm to think for us. That's wasteful spending. You use some of that money to increase our sheriff's department anywhere from 1% to 5% annually. If I'm elected, that's what I'm going to do. If it's really a bad year financially, then yeah, they're only going to get 1% increase for the whole budget. If it's smooth sailing, then they're going to get 5%. Now, I don't know if I can legally do that. That's something I'm going to ask Mr. Fenstenmacher, our city attorney. If I'm totally out of line and he tells me that, then I'm going to apologize and I'm going to say... I was speaking brash and I didn't know exactly what I was talking about, but if it's legal to do based on budget restraints, I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, uh, this is a, a really interesting topic because a significant portion of our city budget goes to the sheriff mm -hmm. and to the fire department, right? Yeah, The two most important entities for our safety. Mm -hmm. No doubt about it. And... Um, and yeah, Poway has traditionally been the so-called the safest city in the county. And depending on the survey and depending on if they're measuring, sure. you know, uh, um, property crime or, or assault and battery yeah. and murder, you know, it depends how you look at it. And other cities are competitive with us. Yeah. I think sometimes Solana Beach does well. Um, but when they have all this new development coming in. Yeah. All a lot more people. There's going to be more, more congestion, yes. more and people, more crime. and probably more crime. Yeah. Uh, I don't doubt that one bit. How would you address, just say, for example, this catalytic converter crisis? Is what can the city do or well, the sheriff do? Well, more patrols at night, probably. Um, I know we are going to have some uh, cameras to watch crime happen and prevent it maybe deter people with a visible camera that says you're being videotaped. Mm -hmm. And one main thing is who buys these catalytic converters when, when you bring them somewhere? Well, my understanding is, is that it's not like they're installing it in someone else's car. Mm -hmm. They're taking out the precious metals and, and brokering them somehow. But is there like a recycling place that takes these? There must be some kind of a chop shop somewhere is my guess. Okay. Because if it's a, like when you're bringing in your soda can at the recycling to get your, your nickel, mm -hmm. I, I don't know for sure, but they don't take materials like that, do no, they? No, okay. no. Well, it's, it's got to be all like, um, you know, kind of underground, okay. you know what I mean? What? Uh, but my understanding is, is that there's things like copper and other metals in there that they can then resell. But as long as they're selling to an underground dealer, that's something we can't control. But if, if a legitimate business is 
buying the copper and giving them like a recycling mm-hmm. fee, mm-hmm. then they need to be shut down and and not do that anymore if, if that's the case. Yeah, of course. I agree yeah. with you. I agree with you there. But I think to your point, um, you know, more patrols at night, you know, greater awareness. I mean, when you just have cops on the street, that's a deterrent for yeah. crime for sure. Uh, like four years ago, I mentioned like uh, four, some time four years ago, there was a, a gentleman at the council meeting uh, during public comment who was talking about certain houses that were known to be uh, drug houses. Mm-hmm. And I had said to you, why don't they put like an, you know, an old cop car that's not needed right now in front of that suspected house? You won't see any cars drive up there if they see a police car. Mm-hmm. And that might put the drug dealer out of business. Yeah. I mean, those are simple things mm-hmm. that can be done. Um, you know, or even because I know there's a volunteer sheriff, right? Mm-hmm. And they patrol the city and, you know, just more more boots on the ground, I guess you could say, right? Yeah. Could deter that. But that's a legitimate problem. And then we had that issue in the um, the shopping center, the Creekside Shopping Center, when Poway bicycles used to be there and the yeah. windows were smashed and a in. a few other businesses. And, yeah. And I heard there was, uh, I believe it was either in Carmel Mountain or Forest Ranch where an establishment had their windows broken like within hours of that incident here in Poway. Why do you think this is happening? I mean, granted, it's not exclusive to Poway. Crime no. is up everywhere. Yeah. But um, why do you think that's going on? People are suffering. Look, look, I made a comment the other night, uh, yeah, yesterday, at the council meeting about inflation. Uh, used to have $100, fill your shopping cart so full that if you turn the corner too fast, some of your food falls out. $100 right now doesn't get the basket even half full. So everybody's suffering. Uh, so some people maybe don't want to work, and they want the quick, fast money, and they unfortunately rob people, and that's terrible. Mm-hmm. And... It should stop, obviously, but you can't control what the actions of some people. If you put more police presence, maybe somebody will be smarter and say, uh, I'll think twice about doing something bad like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I think you're right. There are, some, there are some people that are suffering and maybe taking desperate measures. Yeah. But I think my theory is that a lot of this is the result of what what happened in 2020 with the George Floyd protests, mm-hmm. and there was all this defund the police, and 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 there, there were rightful reasons yeah. for people to be upset with the police. Yeah. I mean, how George Floyd died was tragic, terrible, horrible. Uh, I I saw the uh, the video that was horrible. Yeah, and, and what got me is when the man before he went unconscious and passed away, he called for his mother. I I, yeah. I shed a tear. Yeah. Because I mean, it's just, it was so rotten. It was terrible. And it's, you know, they're supposed to be serve and protect, and it was the opposite. But let's not judge an entire organization on the actions of a few. Mm-hmm. I remember after 9-11, there was, I had, I had some friends that are uh, Middle Eastern, and they were called every name in the book. Oh, yeah, that's true. Unfairly, because Unfairly. the actions of a few should not tarnish an entire race, an entire uh, culture, an entire country. You know, there's bad people no matter what color skin, no matter what faith. And then there's good people no matter what color skin, no matter what color faith. Mm-hmm. There's, there's terrible things all over not only this country but the world. 
And if we judge people on the actions of a few bad officers, that, that's not fair. I mean, I would venture to say that probably 99.9% .9 of the officers in this country do a damn good job. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. They don't get paid as much as they should, and they risk their life every time they go out. And, yeah, there's some bad ones, and the incident with Mr. Floyd was certainly one of the more popular and more exposed ones. Mm -hmm. But how many people don't see a dash cam or a, the a vest cameras? Mm -hmm. There's terrible things that happen. every. Somebody right now, as we speak, is being abused, maybe even killed, not just by an officer, but in general— uh, humanity is is getting worse in general, mm -hmm. and the the key is to be tolerant, be be understanding. Uh, you know, get to know someone of a different faith, get to know someone of a different race, learn the qualities of them, teach the qualities yourself to them, and 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 really just get to know people. Right. You know. Mm -hmm. Because there's, I mean, you can't change everybody. There's going to be some people that are just bad. <laughs> that's true. That, that's life. <laughs> but, you know, can't we all just get along? Yeah, the you know, Rodney King. Rodney King. Well, ju just to finish my point um, is that I think as a result of the George Floyd um, protests, which I believe were rightful, um, the police departments kind of, in some cases, kind of backed off a little bit on policing crime. And then there were cases like they passed laws here in California where petty theft is no longer a felony or it's, it's a misdemeanor. Oh, I'll, I'll get to that and, in a second. Because and, and they break into the Walgreens in San Francisco and you, you know all about Walgreens. Oh, yeah. I, I have a, a few stories to tell you about that in a few minutes. But back to your comment, uh, uh, the Black Lives Matter protest. Mm -hmm. There were two types of Black Lives Matter protests. There were the peaceful ones that express their their right, their First Amendment rights, mm -hmm. and then there were troublemakers that probably didn't give a damn about George Floyd. They just wanted to be reckless, break windows, and cause mayhem. And the good BLM protesters suffered for that. So I had no problem with people expressing their First Amendment rights in a peaceful protest. But I did have problems with some of the things that happened, like in Portland, Oregon, for example. It's always the same story. One rotten apple spoils a barrel. Mm -hmm. And that can be an analogy for any aspect. It's true. Wow. Well, you know, interesting. I guess so your take here is, is you know, increasing the police force in Poway um, and as a means to to really fight some of the crime that yeah, we're, even, we're experiencing. Even the nonviolent crimes, but are still annoying if, like, your car doesn't start in the morning because the converter's gone. Nobody got hurt, but you're not going to be happy when you got to go spend a thousand bucks to put it back in. A thousand? I'd uh, usually a lot more yeah. than that. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, uh, yeah that, that whole thing is unbelievable. Um, wow. Yeah. 
Okay, can we take some more questions from the audience? Sure. Are you good? Oh, I, I, are you, how are you doing on time, by the oh, way? Oh, I'll be here as long as you let me. Okay. Well, you know, we, we've been on an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. We, we still have a pretty solid... Uh, well, we haven't even got to some topics that I'd like to talk about. Well, we will. Okay. Okay. Because um, I will make sure that you get to say your fair piece. Sure. Um, but we've got a lot of live stream viewers, and I want to give them a shot to participate in this as well. So um, let's go back to our comments. And gosh, there's a lot more that are piling in. And um, let's see here. Let's see if we can find a. Okay, th- this is this is from our good friend Pete Neal. Oh, hi, Pete. And uh, Pete has asked this question of other candidates because uh-huh. right now, you know, it's a five zero uh, majority. Uh, it's f- five council members on the city council, mm-hmm. and it often is a five zero vote. Yes, and so. He says uh, the five votes with three seats up, and you, let's just say, for example, you become one mm-hmm. of, and the other two races for mm-hmm. city council. Let's just say the status quo candidate sure. is elected. Mm-hmm. Um, how would you handle that dynamic if you were proposing change, and the other four were kind of for the, you know, keep the ship steady on sure. course? Uh, before I answer that specific question, I'll just say this. If you've ever watched a council meeting and they're majority time 5-0, most of the agenda items, if you added five new council members, District 6 through District 10, for example, mm-hmm. it would probably be 10-0 because most of the 5-0 votes were common sense votes. Most people weren't going to argue about something that benefited the city and was the legal right way to do something. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm sure there's been some instances where, yeah, it looked like a status quo vote, but in general terms, most of the 5-0 votes would have been 10-0 votes if there were five extra council members. Yeah, but and now, I, but I think that's a fair point. Mm-hmm. But, because, now, uh, but now to the actual question of Mr. Neal. Yeah. If I'm fortunate enough to be elected mayor, number one, if I have a strong opinion, which I'm not <laughs> most likely going to back down, I think my little 20% one vote is going to have a lot more influence over four different council members than the other way around. Well, certainly because you be the mayor. Yes, and uh, the mayor has a little bit more pull than a regular council member in general. But as far as the status quo term, we might all be in agreement on 90% of the issues. So if it is 5-0 or 4-1... It's probably the right decision anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a fair point. Mm-hmm. Um, there are definitely issues, that, to your point, that are kind of common sense issues. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we can get people on opposite sides of the political spectrum, and they're probably going to agree on a lot of those topics. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. and, and another point, like, for example, there, the, this question has been asked where someone is really like the total extreme and then everything's going to be 4-1, and it's just going to be a longer council meeting to listen to that one protest vote, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And whether that benefits the city, I'm not sure, but they have every right to do that Yeah, I, protest. I, in my opinion— um, It might, ga- might gain them more credibility with uh, their constituents as well. Yeah. And, I think, that's, and that's perfectly fine. Because I think the reason that people are elected is to represent the people, and 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 if the people have objections, they want those issues heard. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, when people elect candidates based on their platform, 
they want that candidate, if they're elected, to, to stick to their guns mm-hmm. and stand Die up. Die with your boots on. Yeah. So, you know, if it's 4-1 and the one is, is protesting all the time, I think that's part of democracy. Yes, I agree. Now, now, at some point, it gets kind of frustrating. And then they <laughs> resign. Yeah, yeah, like Mr. Cunningham, you know. And uh, we've seen some of that kind of dynamic in the yeah. school board as well. Let's, uh, let's move on a couple more here. Um, uh, Mrs. Olps is saying something is untrue. I don't know if she's commenting on what you said or um, what some of the other people. Oh, wow. We're getting spam in here, too. Um, unbelievable. Literally so, spam? Well, look, at, I'm like, not going to well, click on these. Or, or bad? No, no. But I mean, I'm not going to okay. click on that and yeah. show oh, it, okay. it's like X-rated spam. Oh. It's like landed in here. Um, so... Uh, Let's let's see if I can I find it. The ratings question. would be high. <laughs> it, yeah, it would, it would, we would turn into a, you know, this would be kind of crazy if somebody clicked on one of those. Um, uh, let's go to it's. I want to get a fresh voice. It's been a number of the same people that have been commenting here. That's kind of like some of the Facebook groups. Yeah. Um, okay. Let. I, I want to make sure I get everyone in here. Oh, here's here's a new person. Uh, and this is Daniel Samoya. Oh, um, hi, Daniel. And he says, hi, Yuri. Um, do you support building more leashless dog parks in Poway? Or do you consider that new development? And thank you for keeping Walgreens stocked with Icy Hot for our friend Mike. <laughs> you know, I, I met Mr. Samoya. And uh, I actually, he uh, developed a picture and I made his picture. And I, I saw the name I'm like, oh, great. I'm finally going to see Daniel Samoya because he's, he's quite... Uh, Famous or infamous, depending on your point of view, on uh, Poway under the underground. Mm-hmm. And he's uh, makes some very funny comments uh, at times. Yeah, he likes and, to poke the bear. Yes, and he came in, <laughs> and I saw, I'm like, hello, Mr. Samoya. And he's like, hi. And, and he was very nice. He said, I'm really not like this in real life. I just <laughs> like to, you know, have fun on the internet. Yeah, yeah. And, and I shook his hand, and he's a nice guy, and... Uh, you know, he's a little bit too much at times, but uh, he's good for the game. Yeah, right on. Yeah. It's just funny how social media is like sort of an alternate reality. Yeah. Uh, but when you meet people face to face, he was very nice. They're all good and, folks. And, yeah. and as a matter of fact, I had given him his picture and I didn't realize that he had ordered a picture, I think, like the day before. Mm-hmm. So I had just given him one that I had made. And then I was getting somebody else's picture and I saw. Oh, I, I, he has another picture. So I got on the phone and called him, and I, hey, I, you have another picture. I don't want you to think that I purposely held your picture. And he came back like 10, 15 minutes later, and he said, thank you. And I'm like, hey, take care, Ben. You know, Because right I, I didn't want him to think I was, you know, holding one of his pictures. Neighbors helping neighbors, yeah. right? But he's a good guy. Well, let's take his question here about sure. the dog parks. Oh, can, can you repeat that one? So, please? hi, Yuri. Do you support building more leashless dog parks in Poway, or do you consider that new development? Well, we have a, a good dog park that should have leashes on their animals because, unfortunately, sometimes uh, a pit bull possibly could uh, attack and injure not only people but a dog. And there was actually a, a sad case where uh, I forget what type of dog it was, but it was a small dog that unfortunately got attacked by, I think it was a pit bull or, or a Rottweiler, I'm not 100% sure, mm-hmm. or a Doberman, I'm not sure, but it was unfortunately injured to the point where it had to be put down. And that was terrible and I felt sorry for the owner of that animal. So Daniel, to answer your 
question. Uh, there should never be leashless dog parks. There should always be dog parks where people have their dogs on their leash or if they're in a confined area where it is separate from other dogs that might be smaller and possibly get injured, then no. But thanks, Daniel. I always know you have the question. I was expecting actually a question from you in regards to like the one you had on uh, Facebook about uh, build more housing but not Section 8. I think that was you, if I'm not mistaken. It was under the term group participant. So I could be wrong, and if I am, I apologize to you, sir. That's the anonymous poster, yeah. right? <laughs> I, I don't like anonymous posts. If you can't put your name behind your statement, then don't make the statement. Yeah, that's fair. Mm-hmm. Okay, there, there are a lot of other things we could talk about. Yeah. I mean, we can, we can get into parks and open spaces. We could talk about the business park and Amazon. We could talk about a lot of other things. But you said that you have some things you want to bring up, yes. so I'm going to let you bring up a topic. Thank you. I have a five-point plan, and I have a plan that's better than the one I had four years ago. Number one, stop the overdevelopment of our city due to unfair housing mandates from Sacramento. One size doesn't fit all. I believe Sacramento is the main problem that is affecting not just Poway, but every city in California, number one. Number two, expand our senior services programs. On, uh, I believe it was June 21st of this year, I had asked at the council if there could be more senior programs at the Mickey Cavania Center. And I'm so pleased that they announced this a few weeks back, even before the GVCA, that they are expanding the senior programs. And we can do even more with the seniors. I'm glad that there's more services at the Cavania Center, but why not? We've all heard the term uh, when... There's an only child, like the big brother or big sister program. Mm -hmm. Well, there's a lot of seniors that, you know, are widows or widowers. And why not have like a a program where a young person can be a a surrogate grandson or a surrogate granddaughter and visit a senior, you know, once a week or once every two weeks for an hour or call them on the phone and and give them a connection with a, a, a family that's one of the things, and, and more congregate meal programs is something that I'm interested in. And and companionship, you know, uh, have them go to either the Mickey Cafania Center and have, like, uh, a ballroom dancing or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, senior community, they, they're not going to like rock and roll necessarily. Have them play music more to their liking from a generation past, you know, like... Uh, Perry Como or, or <laughs> Frank Sinatra. Right. And, and and give them an opportunity to reminisce about the good old days. Mm-hmm. That's something that is important to me. Um, I, we've talked about filling empty ba- vacancies, on, especially on Poway Road. That's one of them. We've talked about my residential district review committee. That's not just about housing. It could be you want a, an extra stop sign at a busy intersection or, or something like that. It's not all just about housing and development. Anything. Any concern. And then homeless prevention. That's something that I've talked about four years ago. You did. You. I remember. Uh, in fact, the only two people that talked about the homeless situation four years ago was myself and Emily Johnson, who ran for mayor at the time. Yeah, I remember. We were the only two people that, that talked about homeless people. And nobody else... I don't want to well, say they didn't care, well, but, but it wasn't a highest priority. This is a good topic to discuss. Mm-hmm. 
because um, homelessness has gotten worse since 2018. Oh, yeah. And we definitely have homeless population in Poway. Some of it's visible. Some of it's invisible. Um, I mean, Emily Johnson talked about that, where there are you know people that are like essentially living by couch surfing. Yeah, that that, that technically doesn't count in the uh, survey or mm-hmm. census. But yeah, people sleep in their cars. I've seen it in the parking lot of Walmart, mm-hmm. buying that gallon of milk at a quarter to 11, and you can see someone sleeping in the car. Mm-hmm. It, it happens. And yes, the couch surfing, they don't count that as a homeless crisis. They only, and I have always said that this bothers me, in various times at the council meetings, they said that there's, or a survey of whoever said there's only five homeless people in Poway. Five? That's BS. It's completely. I mean, are they only counting like the, the, the maybe ones? the shopping carts? The shopping cart people. And even if you only count them, there's yeah. way more than five. Yeah. And um, like you said, because of the economic times that we're living in, yeah. it's double, triple. Like I'll even use my job as an example. There have been homeless people that come in and they've stolen items. And, of course, you know, you, for certain things, you can't blame them if it's like a food item because maybe they're hungry. But when they're stealing a beer or, uh, you know, eyeliner, because it, it, mm-hmm. it's women homeless, too. Yeah. It's not just men. Right. I, I've seen it all. And we can't technically do anything. So and I had an instance uh, a few weeks back that was uh, inner entertaining to say the least where a lady came in with a full shopping cart of miscellaneous items and she would say the uh, she had a friend or relative that was with her and she, and she goes I'll, I'll be in the car and i'm like okay and i didn't pay attention to it at the time and she'd say oh how much is this oh this is uh 9.99 oh i don't want that and she was expecting me to turn my back so mm-hmm. she could run but my little basket of go backs is literally six inches away from me so i'm just dropping it and then she's like, oh, I don't want this. I'm like, okay. And then the third item she didn't want, I was like getting annoyed in my head, but I have to be, you know, yeah. polite. And then I was like, well, just why don't you just tell me what you want to buy instead of what you don't want. Right. And she was like like this, and she ran off with a, a bucket full of, uh, I guess, eyeshadow and eyeliner and all that. Wow. And I'm just, I just do the thing, the only thing I can do, manager to the front. We can't do nothing, and you know we're not going to because it's not worth possible getting shot or something like that. But what's wrong is not that they're shoplifting because shoplifting has gone on forever. What's wrong is there's no recourse, there's no penalty, there's no, there's nothing. That's why they're doing it. I remember years ago if somebody was shoplifting. If they didn't get jumped in the parking lot by the three guys that worked there, they were at least going to be detained by a a security officer and the the officers would come and they'd get arrested. They'd be out an hour later, but they'd have a, you know, at least a fine. Now it's like, thank you, steal again. And that's sad. And that's what's wrong with Sacramento again. Right. And Governor Newsom Mm -hmm. again. Yeah, that's 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 a problem. Um, And we've seen, you know, we see videos on social media where people have walked into stores, taken what they want and walked out knowing 
that there's going to yeah. be no one coming after them. And like I remember the good good shoplifters where they were like <laughs> on the down low. Yeah, yeah. Now I've had people literally go, "Don't touch me. Mm-hmm. I'll sue you." And I'm like, "Okay." Well, let's go back to the homelessness in Poway. Mm-hmm. What do you th- what, what can you do, or what would you propose to do as mayor? To address homelessness in Poway? Well, I would coordinate something with different organizations like the Alpha Project, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, Bob McElroy, I don't know if you have heard of him or anything. He's His been, name sounds familiar. Yeah, he's the president of the Alpha Project. He's mm-hmm. a man that I have admired and respected for like 25 years from afar. Now, if I call him tomorrow and go, hi, my name is Yuri Bolin. I'm a candidate for Mayor Poway. He might be like, okay, but if I'm Yuri Bolin, mayor of Poway, then something might get done. And I would like to coordinate something with not just the ALF project, but other organizations to create not only mental health awareness and counseling and drug and alcohol dependency programs. I want to get them a job afterwards. I want to get them a place to live. I want them to be productive members of society again. You know, they keep talking about the homeless. Now it's an election year. Everybody's talking about the homeless. Mm -hmm. You know, from top to bottom, every city in California is talking about the homeless because it's the end topic now. Mm -hmm. After November, half the people won't talk about it anymore because they've already got your vote and they won't need your vote again for another four years. Now, if I'm fortunate enough to be elected... I'm going to talk about the homeless. I'm going to do everything I can in my power to help the homeless, to get them off the streets, rehabilitate them, get them programs, counseling, everything, the whole nine yards, because the worst thing in this country is indifference. And it's always been, oh, it's a big city problem. And uh, years ago it might have been, but now it's it's any city problem. And So what could you do in Poway? Would you just try to educate them to and connect them with Alpha Project? Or are there, are there things that you think the city should do? I think there are things the city can do. Like, for example, there's a, a facility near uh, the, not the Goodwill, but the Salvation Army that they have, I'm sure, programs for mental health issues. Yeah. And, and coordinate something with them, with the city, and help people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there are people that don't want your help, obviously. They choose to be homeless. And like, like property rights, it's individual rights, pursuit of happiness. There's some people that if you said, hey, I want to give you a job tomorrow. I want you to live in this studio apartment and I'll pay the first year's rent for you so you can save up money with the job and then pay me a year from now a reasonable amount. And I'm going to help you get started so that you'll be okay a year from now. There's some people that will take that opportunity and thank you and they will be fine. And then there's some people that are going to walk away from you going, I don't want your help. Mm -hmm. That kind of is like individual property rights, so -hmm. to speak, where you can't control what some people want to do. But the majority, I think, if they were given an opportunity to truly get help, get on their feet get stability in their lives, I think more often than not, the majority of people would take it. Mm. 
Yeah, I mean, most probably would, you know, and then would they follow through? Hopefully, they some would. Yeah, some I'm sure would fall off the wagon. Right. Um, but it just kind of, it and could, it wouldn't be like they were kicked out of a program because they might have slipped up. Mm-hmm. You, you help them again, and yeah, they're. It's common knowledge that people fall off the wagon. Mm-hmm. Let's not stop helping them get back on the wagon. Yeah, and it, it's it. I agree with you completely. We want to help these people out. The question is, is where does the help come from? You know, is it is it through charitable organizations and nonprofits or is it from city government or 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 is it dependent upon private individuals to offer the help? Um, But from the city's perspective, what can they do? Well, they they have some funding with the CBGB, I believe it's called Mm -hmm. that that's part of the homeless program. And then you can always get donations from people that are more well-off and, and want to make a difference in their community as well. You can get with the Alpha Project, the city. I mean, you can have different components for one goal, and that's to try to help people. Mm-hmm. Let me just kind of switch gears sure. another. We follow each other on social yes. media, and, and, and you like my posts, and sometimes yes. I like yours. Yeah. And because we, we both are baseball fans, mm-hmm. and we, we, we have interests that are similar yeah. outside of this yes. conversation. But there was one post that you made recently, and it kind of was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and you had reached out to uh, Donald Trump Jr., yes. seeing if you could get his father to endorse you. Yes. Did you get any response to that? No, and I didn't expect any. It was a political stunt. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's an old saying, no news is bad news. Even if they're talking smack, there's no such thing as bad press. Right. <laughs> it was a joke. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, if former President Donald J. Trump were to endorse me, I would gladly accept, and half of this town would have a coronary. <laughs> yeah, there would be Don- a lot of Donald, people. Donald Trump Jr. has eight and a half million followers on Twitter. It would literally take him 10 years to read every tweet to him. Yeah. And by that time, he would read my tweet. I'd either be gone and, or I'd be uh, retiring after two terms. Mm-hmm. It was a joke. And guess what? Chris Cruz took the bait like a trout in Poway Lake. Okay? She was trying to shame Republicans. For the record... I am a Republican. I believe in bipartisan politics. So it's not like I don't want or care about Democrat voters. I do. We're all Powegians. And I will represent everyone equally and without prejudice. You have my word. And I will also be a full-time mayor to everyone, even those who didn't vote for me and who never will. I will still be your representative, and I will do everything in my power to help you. But back to that statement with the Twitter she had posted on Twitter, um, on Facebook, her group, South and North Poway Votes, showing a picture of former President Trump, Mayor Voss, and Rabbi Goldstein after the terrible tragedy at the Chabad. And they were on a, a, a mission in Washington, D.C. of tolerance and trying to educate people on different faiths and that whether you are Jewish, Catholic, Protestant, Muslim, whatever your religion is, we're all human beings. And what happened in April of 2019 was a terrible tragedy, one that I'll never forget. Yeah. I, I saw it on 
on TV where every channel was Poway in this country. And it was a horrible day. I pray that it never happens, not just in Poway, but anywhere. Because we always think that a house of worship is the safest sanctuary on earth. And unfortunately, we live in a world where there is no safe place anymore. And that's a terrible statement to say, but it's the truth. And I cried that day for that lady, uh, Lori Kay. Mm-hmm. I, I, even when we have a moment of silence at the council meetings, I say a prayer for her every time in that, during that moment of silence. And it, it bothers me that uh, it, it was brought up in a, the way it was brought up on Facebook. It's one thing to criticize me. I'm a, I, I can take it. <laughs> but to use the picture of Mayor Voss, President Trump, and Rabbi Goldstein in a moment of solidarity and humanity and try to just criticize Republicans was wrong. And I didn't appreciate it. And I had, you saw my response to Ms. Mm-hmm, Cruz. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't, I wasn't ashamed. It was a political stunt. And if it worked, oh, that's what you call the Hail Mary. That's what you call the, it's a miracle. I never expected an endorsement. Eight and a half million followers. It's not like he's ever going to see it. And I responded back saying, you forgot that I, I'm asking for an endorsement from Larry Elder, Daryl Issa, former President George Bush, and even Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> but Arnold was unavailable. <laughs> it was a joke, mm-hmm. but somebody tried to, to make it into something out of nothing. But I'm glad she did because it got people talking. It was free publicity. I mm-hmm. hadn't put out my flyers yet. Thank you, Chris Cruz. <laughs> the drama of Poway, you know, it's something. Um, you know, one of the things that uh, I was mentioning with one of your opponent, yeah, it was one of your opponents, yeah. I think, or was it one of the council candidates? I interviewed yeah. so many, I get them a little bit confused. We talked a little bit about this idea of the old Poway guard mm-hmm. um, and, you know, kind of the the – the institutional support, you know, some of the big money folks that are in town that have largely been supporting a lot of the politicians that are in office today. Mm-hmm. And that's true on the school board, too, to a degree. That's true in every state in the union. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. And then there is always this kind of a vocal minority that and and I kind of refer to them here. And you have you you have a term. I, I call them the loyal opposition, mm-hmm. and they're always really just fighting the the status quo. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems that in most every one of these elections, a status quo candidate more often than not wins. You know, change candidates really struggle in Poway. True. Um, do you think it's going to be different this time? I hope so, because mm-hmm. I'm one of the change candidates. Mm-hmm. Will only time will tell, and the voters will decide. Yeah, it's my opinion that um, Mayor Voss has had a great amount of support in the previous two elections, but yes. he, he's never been more vulnerable than he is in this cycle. I believe so. And uh, for example, today at work, I had 
about a dozen people that I don't know, they weren't my regular customers that I know by name in so many cases, that are go, are, are, you, are you the gentleman running for mayor? And I go, yes, mm -hmm. I am. Uh, my name is Yuri Bowen. Nice to meet you. And they're like, I'm going to vote for you. Cool. And I'm like, thank you, you know. Mm -hmm. And I believe, I didn't get too personal with the people, but I believe they were previous voters for Mayor Voss who are disappointed and want maybe a change. Well, you know, going back to the, the, the failed recall, um, you know, there were apparently about 5,000 signatures roughly. I would like to see evidence. Yeah. Well, again, let's take them at, their, at, at face value. Let's say there were 5,000 signatures. If, the, if there were 5,000 signatures, why wasn't it shown? One could say, hey, I was only 1,100 short. I well, gave it the old college try. Well, there I'll just just I'll repeat what I was told that they didn't want to violate the privacy of those that did sign since it wasn't going to turn into a recall in the first place. And they and they wanted to protect them from retribution. But to the original point is this, is that let's just assume that the numbers are accurate. There are 5000 people potentially that wanted to remove Mayor Voss. Um, I think that means there's going to be a lot of voters looking at alternative candidates more so in this cycle than they maybe they did in the previous cycle. I agree 100% on that. So um, and it's interesting in your race because there are four challengers. Yes, although uh, I met one of them for the first time, uh, Miss Consal. She uh, came into Walgreens to get some uh, photos developed, I believe, mm -hmm. and I – didn't know who she was because uh, didn't even think about it. And when I was doing, typing up her name and she said her name, and I'm like, I said to her, I go, where have you been? And she was taken <laughs> aback and she's like, I'm sorry. And I'm like, my name is Yuri Bolin. She goes, oh, you're Yuri Bolin. Nice to meet you. Cool. Yeah. And she was a very nice lady. Mm -hmm. um, she, uh, I guess, technically has dropped out, mm -hmm. although she's still on the ballot. But uh, I guess... She uh, wasn't able to proceed with the election, mm -hmm. but she's a very nice lady. Yeah, well, good for her for at least initially having the the, the bravery, mm -hmm. you know, the courage to jump into the race. Mm -hmm. But that's a it's a tall assignment. Yeah. What have you? What have you? Um, I mean, listen, you've learned a lot, uh, you know, in the city and how the city is operating over the last four years. But as a candidate, what have you learned this cycle that maybe you didn't know in 2018 that makes you a better candidate? I know more about the rules, the regulations, the zoning laws. I know more about property rights because I, I, I'm guilty in 2018 of wanting to save everything, but people have rights to sell their property. Mm -hmm. I didn't know 100% of that. I do now. And like, like the council has said repeatedly, it's a private property. So why are you blaming us for somebody selling their, their property? Like uh, like the owner of the bowling alley, he said he was waiting for the right price at the right time. And that's pretty much every person who sells a property, they're waiting for the right price at the right time. Yeah. And you can't blame them. No. It's, it's capitalism. It's, it, it's freedom. And that's what homeowners are doing. Yeah. You know, so for sure. I've learned a lot. Let's. Here's another topic I think it's worthy of t discussing: is is water. 
Oh, yeah. Okay, and you, we had the whole, you know, boil water ordinance and the rope got caught yeah, in this I, infrastructure. I brought one to council meeting once. I brought a $10 piece of rope from Lowe's, and I said a $10 piece of rope is a expedited a $70 million bill to the people of Poway. I did. Ah, that's a, that's a good yeah. prop. <laughs> yeah. And uh, on November 2nd when we had, uh, of 2021, when we had our Prop 218 water rate increase, mm-hmm. uh, there was, I, I believe, about a dozen speakers, myself included. And we were all upset, obviously, but I was the only public speaker had, who had an idea of saving the people of Poway money. Instead of having a four-year, 35% water rate increase, which was going to happen no matter how many people were at the council meeting, it's another thing of showing proof of how many voters protested, and it's a legal loophole, and I'll get to that in a second. I was the only one who said, why not defer the 35% water rate increase over seven years? That way we would only have an annual increase of 5%, and we'd also be covered for seven years without another Prop 218 water rate increase because we're going to have one in about three years. Mm -hmm. I guarantee it. Oh, yeah. I mean, unless I'm the mayor, (laughs) you know, then I'm going to alleviate and defer and not keep going five, ten, five percent, ten percent. No, defer it. Defer it even ten years. So you have three percent annual increases. And. But just to, again, devil's advocate, some of the water rates are, you know, they're just passed down by, what is it? Is it metropolitan water? Or is it Southern uh, California water? water California, uh, San Diego Water Authority. Yeah. So in some cases, you know, the cost of water being delivered to the city is going up and, and there's nothing you can do. True. And and especially now with, the, mm-hmm. with you know, everything, supply chain demands, uh, inflation, everything. Well, so. In essence, we're going to suffer for another year or two, no matter who's mayor, mm-hmm. for a lot of things. Do you think – you know how the, the, the argument in the whole water rate thing was, you know, do you have a, a flat fixed rate and then the graduated you know, rate scale is like a softer um, increase? And some people think the, the base rate should be – as close to zero as possible, and then the graduated rate can be really aggressive. I mean, do you have any thoughts on that? Well, I'm just glad that our electric bills are still determined on whether the light switch is up or down because the water tier rate system was flawed. I I use an analogy with Little Caesars, at the time, $5 pizzas, (laughs) which is now, I think, $8 or $9 pizzas. But I had made a comment at a council meeting and even had some chuckles from the council themselves where I said, if I buy a, a $5 Little Caesars pizza and my neighbor buys two $5 Little Caesars pizza, why am I paying 8 and he's paying 10 Because the more water you use, in essence, the less you're spending on that water. Mm-hmm. That's the first problem right there. You should pay according to how much water you actually use, like how much electricity you use. Mm-hmm. The water rate tier was flawed to begin with. Yeah, it, it, it's a tricky thing. I mean, because on one level, those that use excessive amounts of water mm-hmm. um, and really don't care what the price is, one would argue that those rates should be really high, particularly if water is a precious resource yeah. and you want to discourage overuse. Mm-hmm. 
but then there's the other art angle to this is there's you know seniors on fixed income yeah. and they can only afford so much. Uh, it gets tricky. Um, but what, what's your take on this whole infrastructure project that's going down? It's necessary. I mean, uh, you're talking about the Clearwell? Yeah, 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 all that. I was there, and I even spoke about that, and I had asked, like, uh, a tentative schedule for completion. And I was honest and said, I nothing's etched in stone, but <laughs> your general estimate, and I believe they said uh, January of 2025. And I hope that's the case. I personally think it might be past that, just on general history of projects in Poway. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know there's going to be another 218 water rate increase. It's, it's inevitable. Yeah. And one of the problems that I have with, and it's not Poway's fault or the council's fault, but the Sacramento again, the Prop 218 is so rigged, it's like a blackjack dealer in Las Vegas telling you you have to hit on 19 all the time. Yeah. It should come in the form... Okay, first, nobody's going to PDF their own, you know, download their own PDF, <laughs> sign it, mm-hmm. put a stamp on it, mail it, or even drive to City Hall and say, this is my legal protest. It should come in a ballot form. Yeah, I agree. It should be... And and you can keep the same rules. If it's not turned in, it's counted as a yes. And if it's not signed, it's counted as a yes. But put it in a ballot form where you circle that bubble saying, no, I don't want this water rate increase. Sign your name and your address and present it to the city clerk. And then you can say, well, we have 20,000 eligible votes and we need 10,001 to stop this water rate increase, and you want to hope that there's 10,001 bubbles filled. Mm-hmm. And at least that would be semi-fair. Yeah, the way they do it is odd. It's like we're, you know, we're going to increase the weight rate unless enough people say no. Yeah. Um, and you've got to be really t- tuned in to what's going on with city operations to know that this is even being discussed. And then be so proactive to, like you say, download the PDF and fill it out and yeah. send it in and everything else. Um, but it is interesting, too, that, um, you know, it's it's like a tax increase, you know, where the people can vote. But then on the other hand, the rates are going up that are coming down the line, you know, from where we get the water wholesale. Mm-hmm. So it, uh, nobody's going to win. Right. We're all going to pay. And welcome to California. OK. We've got a few more questions. OK. okay. So uh, let's see here. Again, um, and uh, this is, uh, I think this is a good question here. Um, and, and this is from Miss Olps. This is a really nice one. Uh, what are Yuri's thoughts on Los Penasquitos? I'm assuming this is the... The, the lagoon? It's, yeah, I think it's the, the, the pollution that has gone downstream in the creek and has created, I think it's going to cost the city, what is it? Is it $8 million? It's about that. Um, are you familiar with that? Yeah, situation? I remember that story. We didn't know Poway had a lagoon or was connected to a lagoon, and mm-hmm. that's the same story. Uh, there's environmental issues, and it all starts first with the outpost, with the water. Mm-hmm. This project as well. There's a lot of problems that need to be addressed, and I will tell you this. This is not just a Poway issue. This is a 
Rancho Panasquitas issue as well. And everybody should pay their fair share. What else? You, you, you have a few more things you want to cover? I mean, we're we're down at like over two hours. And again, <laughs> we have six people on the live stream. Thanks for everybody for yeah. sticking with us. So this is good. Um, what have we not covered that you think is important that you want to share? Well, let's 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 talk about Amazon. Okay, that's a good. We didn't, that's we a didn't good topic. really talk about Amazon creates jobs. Jobs create the economy. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know for sure, but. I've talked to a few Amazon drivers that used to come into Walgreens to buy their lunch or snacks or whatever. And I asked them, I go, do you, do you live in Poway? And they're like, no, one guy lived in Hemet. Hemet. He and, drove from Hemet to Poway? Yeah. Uh, and then I guess he stayed, sometimes he told me he stayed at one of the hotels because it, to save money on gas, especially now. And then another gentleman was saying like he lived in Escondido, which isn't far. Yeah, that's not That's bad. reasonable. I wonder, and granted, you can't really control a business on who they hire, but it'd be nice if they hired people that live in Poway because that would stimulate the economy in Poway mm-hmm. for Powegians. I, I don't know if that's something that can be asked. It certainly can't be forced on anybody, but say, hey, how many of your 1,000 employees live in Poway? And hopefully it's a fair percent percentage. Yeah, well, my hunch is is that uh, a warehouse worker <coughs> making I don't know what they make, you know, let's just say twenty dollars an hour, yeah. you know, is probably not living in a one and a half million dollar home in Poway, True. and it's, that's probably why the dude lives in Hemet, yeah. you know, where housing's a lot more affordable. Um, that's that's been one of the that's been one of the conundrums, right? Mm-hmm. Where we've got these businesses, the business park, and there are workers that aren't paid a, a lot. Yeah. Um, some people think, well, we need to have more affordable housing in Poway. Yeah. What do you think about that? We should have affordable housing in Poway, and we should have market rate housing in Poway, and we should have single-family home use in Poway. We should have every aspect of housing available, but the right amount. And I don't believe it should be 1,618 potential housing units that Sacramento wants to do. Now, I don't want to say, oh, it should be 800 or 600. That's something that if I'm fortunate enough to be elected mayor, I'll sit down with our city manager, Chris Hazeltine. I'll sit down with our lawyer, Alan Fenstenmacher. I'll sit down with our director of development, Bob Manis. And I think the four of us will look at our options and say, how many affordable housing units are we supposed to have as far as Sacramento tells us? Mm -hmm. And we'll go from there where... We might find a more appropriate and fair number, not just with affordable housing, but every aspect of housing. Because the problem, I'm serious, is Sacramento. If Sacramento was reasonable, if Sacramento was fair, we wouldn't be talking for two and a half hours about development. Well, one of the arguments that was made about the um, the farm project, specifically the proposition that was voted on, was that if we don't v- pass it, if we didn't pass the oh, proposition, yeah, it, was a, it was a Amazon jungle fire hazard. Well, yeah, it was a it was a fire hazard. But the argument was is that if we didn't pass it and make it, uh, you know, transform the golf course to housing, mm-hmm. that Sacramento was going to come in and mandate that we do certain things. That and at least if we had the proposition, we would have some local control. 
Now, what's your take on that? That's true. There is some local control with with the farm. Uh, People aren't happy. People are never going to be happy. It's good and bad on all sides. But yes, if they didn't do the farm, if, say, it got voted down like Stone Ridge did or Prop P. Yeah, uh, it was a P. It was P. In 2016, I believe. Mm -hmm. Then, yeah, Sacramento probably would have found the right developer and, and Mr. Schlesinger would have sold it maybe even for more money and maybe instead of 160 homes it'd be 450 homes that's quite possible so there is that term the lesser of two evils mm-hmm. and at least people were allowed to vote on it and sure not everybody's going to be happy that's life but it could have been 400 homes instead of 160 if Sacramento put its fingers on it yeah well, you know, and now they're going to be um, allowing single-family lots to be parsed, right? Mm-hmm. Not just for granny flats, but you know, maybe converting them into four-unit apartments, right? Mm-hmm. Now, with the with the uh, granny flat proposal that Mayor Voss had proposed a few years back, yeah, um, it was a way to try to cover the quota from Sacramento, mm-hmm. and. It, it had some good points, but it also had some bad points. Now, for example, you have a lovely home. You have a lot of uh, area, square footage, and you have a nice big yard. If you wanted to have a granny flat in your backyard, maybe you would want your son or your daughter to live there, help pay some expenses, and then give them their privacy as, as their own home, and that would be fine. That would be your right, and it would benefit you, and it would benefit a future homeowner and your son or daughter. But the proposal with the granny flats was having literally a stranger in your backyard, and I think most people didn't want that. If it was a friend, a relative, or someone that was thoroughly vetted with a real estate agent where they have good credit, they pay their rent, uh, there's no problems, no drugs, no alcohol, stuff like that. More people would probably have granny flats. But it was, again, Sacramento telling you, put a granny flat. You'll get part of the money from the renter after a certain amount of years. And then you'll get all of the money after when everything's been like paid for. That was never going to fly. People don't want strangers in their backyard. Yeah, I think what, what, you know Mayor Voss's proposal. The way that I understood it was, is that the city would be able to provide some financial assistance. I don't know if it was a loan or a grant mm-hmm. to property owners in Poway for the purpose of building the granny flat, mm-hmm. and then that granny flat would be made available to for as low income housing. So that's your stranger example, yeah. and then the rent money that came from it would go through some kind of a revenue split uh-huh. where some of it would go to the homeowner, yeah. the property owner, and some of it would go back to the, ci- the city of Poway yeah. to replenish the money that went. Um, and uh, it seemed like it – now, I was critical of that idea. I'm a big supporter of granny flats and yeah. property owners doing what they want on their property. But, but wouldn't you want to have who you want on your property? Well, of course. Yeah. yeah. But I think having it – I think it was a contingency. So if you decided you wanted to jump in bed with the city mm-hmm. to get your granny flat finance, then it came with strings attached, yeah. which was you know having affordable, making it available for affordable housing. And that was always the tricky thing from my perspective is the way 
the city was kind of going outside the scope of what normally a city government does. But at any rate, Mayor Voss's proposal was almost like a, an idea that was floated. It never really got any traction, no. did it? No, not to my knowledge. Yeah. Um, it was it was an interesting idea. Now, but to your point, yeah, I think Sacramento is having mandates coming down the line. And why? Is it really about giving people an opportunity to live in a house or own a house? Or is it just stacking the houses, so to speak, where they want more people in here so that they have more control? Well, I mean, there's the you take it at face value or you can say that there's something else going on behind the curtain. But at face value, the way that I understand it is, is that there's a housing crisis in California, that um, real estate is expensive. Rent is expensive. It's unaffordable. um, It's leading to homelessness. It's causing major financial distress. You know, we're talking about people that were desperate and going into Mm -hmm. crime and, um, and it's creating a lot of uh, negative impacts on the economy because local businesses can't find people to hire that live near the business. So it seems to me that I think they, they said in Sacramento that there was a certain deficit and I've heard nationally, there's 10 million homes that need to be built to catch us up. Um, for the state of California, I don't know what the number is, but there's a uh, deficit in housing. And so now who, they're finally who, who, to encourage it. Who determines that? Oh, I don't know. You know. Yeah, that's part of the problem, too. We we don't know who's really stating that mm-hmm. fact, or is it a... But you can, you can witness it. Like, how, how hard is it to find a home for sale? The inventory is so low. Finding, you know, available apartments, especially at an affordable rate, is like next to impossible. Yeah. Um, you know, so. So uh, why are we going to build more homes that are going to be hard to be affordable? Well. Especially like num- mm-hmm. numbers that maybe don't make sense for every city. Yeah. And I think that's a fair point. You know, is when Sacramento is making mandates you know, for the city of Poway or the city of Chula Vista, every one of those cities has their own nuances of what's going on yeah. in their world. That's why I believe every yeah. city should determine their own housing needs. Yeah, that's a fair point. And I I believe that if I am fortunate enough to be elected mayor and I make a press conference or have city staff email every elected official, uh, put out uh, flyers, a uh, press release, whatever you want to say – I bet you I will have a lot of support. And when I do hand that piece of paper to Governor Newsom, it's going to be something. And if anybody can do it, it's me. Well, I could see you doing that. Um, you know, marching up the the hills of the state cap- or the stairs of the state capitol to deliver it. That would be a moment. Yeah. Um gosh, what are we at? We're at like Two hours and twenty minutes. Yeah, it feels like twenty minutes. Is yeah. it? Does it go fast? Yeah. It, but, but see, this yeah. is stuff that you love and you're passionate mm-hmm. about it, right? Yeah. What have we missed? <sighs> what other big topics? I mean, I'm. Oh, going th- I would like to bring up something. Mm-hmm. And 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 uh, a few weeks back, uh, you. I guess it was on. I don't know if it was on uh, either Poway Under the Underground or if it was on South and North Poway Votes or one of the other groups about. Medical marijuana dispensaries. Oh yeah. Um, mm-hmm. like, go ahead for those who might not uh, have heard 
like your your take on that. Oh yeah, yeah. I have my own opinion on that for sure. Um, and and the reason that it's kind of topical right now is because they're trying to in, put one in in Rancho Bernardo. Yes, that, you know, that was it. kind of back where the El Torito used to be, kind of by the McDonald's yeah. on Bernardo Center in the 15. Um, and the the people in Rancho Bernardo are fighting against it, uh, and they have limited authority to do it. Because it's uh, San Diego. Because it's the city of San Diego, yeah. yeah. And and meanwhile, here in Poway, uh, my understanding is is that they're not allowed. Now, I don't know if that's a, a, like an actual rule in the city policy or uh, or if that is the, the five of them on the city council have all mostly vowed they will never have yeah. one in Poway. Um, I, I believe it's in uh, one of the codes because I remember reading about that where it stated no medical marijuana dispensaries and even one that I was against or, or should amend is uh, no pawn shops is oh. in one of the... Uh, well, we already have one. Not in Poway. Oh, we used to and it got, yeah. it got blown out with yeah. the Fairfield project. Yeah, and I knew... Uh, people that worked at the pawn shop and they had left the carriage center before they even had to because they knew they saw the writing on the wall oh yeah yeah so they they're still technically on poway road but it's in saber springs which is of course san diego yeah but as far as medical marijuana dispensaries i'm in 100 percent agreement with mayor voss and the council and i'll tell you why the original intent of medicinal marijuana was to help treat people with serious debilitating diseases, cancer, mm-hmm. AIDS, Parkinson's, Lou Gehrig's, every disease you can think of for comfort pain. Mm-hmm. It has been exploited and turned around by legalized drug dealers, smart businessmen mm-hmm. who will pay their taxes, but they're no better, no worse than a drug dealer behind the alley, in my opinion. Because the majority of people that are using the medical marijuana dispensaries are just young kids smoking weed Mm -hmm. in general. I'm sure some are legitimate, but in general, that's what the clientele is. And no amount of tax revenue, in my opinion, is worth corrupting the youth of not only Poway, but America in general. Because there are 99.9% good parents, but... Chances are their teenager and especially teenage boys are going to experiment with marijuana, which might lead to harder drugs, which might lead to homelessness. If you go take 10 homeless people, I'm sure at least nine out of those 10 started with marijuana. My opinion. And then I'll tell you why I'm really passionately against that. I lost a family member many years ago who was under the influence of marijuana whose ability to reason and think and do something correct was impaired and he was struck by not one but two vehicles while crossing an intersection if he had been sober he would have not he would have looked both ways and sadly marijuana in essence cost him his life mm-hmm. That's my two cents, and I have, you know, you're certainly more than entitled to your opinion, and I respect you and your opinion as well. We just differ more vigorously than certain other issues, because I know we probably agree, I'm guessing, 
35 to maybe 50 if we're lucky <laughs> on various issues. Yeah. Maybe even less. I don't know. It but, depends on the topic. But the one thing that I not only admire and respect about you is even though we might disagree, you've always been fair, respectful, and you've never tried to put anybody down. I've watched every show especially those that involve Poway, mm-hmm. uh, if not the whole entirety, but bits and pieces. And I sometimes can tell when maybe you're 100% in agreement and, uh, and maybe you're not, but you're always professional and I appreciate that. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. yeah. Well, you and I strongly disagree on yes. the topic of the marijuana sure. dispensaries. And, but and, I, I, and I'd hold uh, nothing against you. Well, and, and neither you, yeah. you know, um, but... Uh, this podcast is really about your candidacy. Sure. It's not about oh, us having a debate. No, no, I, know. Um, I just wanted to talk about that because yeah. I've had people, well, I haven't had personally, but I've seen on Facebook where people talk about, why don't we have a medical marijuana dispensary? Mm-hmm. And I, that's one of my opinions that we shouldn't because it's going to lead to further problems in my opinion. Okay. And as far as the legitimacy of medicinal marijuana, they can go to an actual real doctor and get, the, I guess, the marijuana without the, I don't know if it's the THC or, or the mm-hmm. other element, where it numbs them and gives them comfort without making them want to go eat 10 tacos at, <laughs> at a quarter to two. Yeah. Well, we're getting close to a quarter to two right now. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, let me let me just say this. Yeah. I'm not going to debate you on oh, okay. it because I don't think this no. is the right forum for no. it. But this is an interesting thing that I think it's important for the viewers to understand when I'm doing these interviews. Um, there are I've had multiple candidates here, including you, um, and in previous election cycles. And there are things that some of the candidates come in here that I strongly disagree with. Yeah. And, but you're respectful. Right. Always. And that's what I admire about you. Well, thank you. Um, and I appreciate that. But You might, after we leave, after I leave, <laughs> tell your wife. Oh, oh my guy, God, yeah. I had to listen to him for two hours. But the, the point is, is that um, this interview that I'm doing with political candidates is I want you to lay it all out. Yeah. Okay, I want you to tell everybody what you believe in, what you support, what your campaign platform is. And then I'm just going to be kind of the guy that asks the questions that kind of gets and kind of milks it out of you. And then we'll let the voters make their judgment. Perfect. You know, because if we turn this into like and I'm not your opponent, you know, so that's why I'm not debating it. And that's so some of the people that are watching, if you're wondering why maybe I'm not punching back or something. That's why I don't no. in these. And that's yeah. why you'll never have a career in CNN. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. I mean, you know, I could do that. I mean, yeah. I, cause I definitely feel passionately about but, a lot of things, but yeah. Uh, but in all seriousness, um, I wish, Oh, like I want to talk about the GVCA forum. Uh, yeah, yeah, let's go. Um, I was a little bit disappointed, uh, because we didn't have, an opening statement. Really? Yeah. Four years ago, you videotaped the one at uh, yeah, Painted I, Rock yeah. where you had your opening statement. Hello, my name is Yuri Bolin. I believe in this. I believe in that. Then you answer like four or five questions and then a closing statement. 
Yeah. At at the last forum at the Mickey Cafania Center, that w- I found out literally five minutes before when uh, the moderator, Mr. Burdett, had given us the ground rules, and he had said that you'll answer the you'll answer like f- four questions and then possibly one from the audience and then a closing statement. And I said, "There's no opening statement." And he goes, "No." And I was like really disappointed because the whole point of a forum is to say, "Hi, my name is," and then tell your story. Yeah, and we didn't have that opportunity, and I I thought it was uh, I don't know if it was due to time constraints or or it, uh, it must have been because uh, that's a big miss. Yeah, that, but, that disappointed me. But it must have been a time issue. And that's the beauty of this conversation, that there are no time issues. And we're at two and a half hours, and we're still going strong. We have still some five people on the live stream. And again, I don't know who the five are, but I think I know who some of them are. But thank you for sticking with us. Um, And and just as an aside, Mr. Burdett, Dr. Mark. Yes. Dr. Mark. He's my chiropractor. He's a good guy. Yeah, I I saw him about, like, I want to say, like, two, three months ago. He came into Walgreens. And I said, hello, sir. And he didn't recognize me at f- first. And mm-hmm. I'm like, my name is Yuri Bowen. I was at the Painted Rock four years ago, mm-hmm. the GVCFA. And then he goes, oh, hi. And he remembered me. And then I saw him like a couple weeks later. And I was like, I hope you get to uh, do the, the forum this year. And, and he said, yeah, we'll see. And then uh, sure enough, he was invited back. And I thought he did a great job. Yeah. Especially considering he only had one microphone. Oh, they, and they, were, they, I, they, they were only had me. one microphone. Well, I got some spares here. Yeah, for <laughs> next election, you you better uh, rent them out. Yeah, we should like bring the candidate forum here into the podcast studio. Wouldn't that be fun? Yeah. Um, here's a couple more comments sure. here. Uh, again, it looks like Delena and Ed are chatting amongst themselves. Okay. But um, Eggs goes on to say, water is out of control for Poway. It's coming from a higher source. I think we've kind of covered yeah. that. And and then he was saying, don't those businesses have a right to make money? Um, I assume we were talking about marijuana dispensaries, um, and, and you know he was being the devil's advocate. Sure. So, um, but anyway, so, so do uh, so do illegal drug dealers, I suppose. But uh, mm-hmm. I, I personally think it draws bad elements in the city, especially like Poway. And I'm biting my tongue right now. Oh no, that's fine. <laughs> I'm uh, really biting my now, tongue. <laughs> like, for example, uh, one of the other things about, like, they talked about uh, the tattoo parlors as well. Now, I don't personally have a problem if a tattoo parlor were to open up, say, in the business section, because a tattoo isn't going to make you, you know, run a red light because you're impaired. <laughs> a tattoo isn't going to make you... Uh, uh, want to have mm-hmm. worse things in your life. I mean, a tattoo is a, is a, okay. I got to respond. I have to respond. Sure. So if, if like, if you you know where the new Amazon fresh is. Yes. And is it, has it, they actually opened the door no, yet? Not yet. It's going to open. I think it keeps getting delayed. Well, I think it was supposed to be like August and then September. Yeah. Now I'm thinking I'm hearing February, but I'm not sure. And then, you know, like in that shopping center, there's the original Pancake mm-hmm. House, and there's the Carl's Jr. Yeah. And you go back in the far corner, there's the um, uh, uh, Jersey Mike's. Yeah. But a couple doors down from Jersey Mike's, there's a liquor store mm-hmm. that sells booze that can impair people. True. So should they be illegal? No. We already had prohibition. Right. Prohibition doesn't work. But marijuana is a little bit different. It's a little bit different. Yeah. It's, it's far less 
damaging. It's a safer – it's a medicine and it's safer than alcohol. Well, I, I tend to disagree on that because it's more likely to smell alcohol on somebody more than driving under the influence. I mean, you can't, shouldn't drive under the influence of anything, mm-hmm. number one. But alcohol has been legal – since what 1921 i believe something i think prohibition ended like in 33 i I think 33 maybe yeah it was made illegal like in 20 i think okay Mm -hmm. yeah that's where i was Mm -hmm. getting at but how long has marijuana been legal roughly i mean it technically it's not even legal nationally it's still on the schedule one narcotics list yeah but in the state of california for recreational and Medical. It's probably been 10 years now at least. Maybe less than that. Oh. I mean, it's been more than 10 for medical. Oh, yeah. But for recreational, I'm maybe eight, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Um, and it's, so it's legal in the state, but it's not legal in Poway. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I, that's a, a whole sure. rabbit hole. I, again, I don't want, I was biting my yeah. tongue, but I couldn't resist. Okay. So, um, so basically, they just have to go to downtown, buy their stuff, and then come back home to Poway, which is. Fine. Or they just get on their computer and place an order and they have it delivered. Yeah, and that's a better alternative because at least you won't necessarily know where to get it in general, the average mm. person. And when I say that, I'm talking about young people, okay, because they're the ones that don't know when to stop sometimes. They're the ones that are impressionable. They're the ones that might turn a different path because maybe that weed ain't hitting it so good and they're going to (laughs) go to something different that's going to give them that better feeling and that's going to lead to harder and stronger things yeah um okay again i'm biting my tongue here but let's 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 move move on yeah so again i want to just go through a couple of comments here and uh okay uh there are people here kind of commenting on the mar- sure. medical marijuana I'll just cl- I'm sure. gonna make sure people's voices are heard sure. so uh, um, Mariana Benedict Basile says Yuri how do you feel about bars um, having parking lots that's an interesting one bars having parking lots I think that's kind of alluding to people drinking and then getting in their car and driving as long as they don't drink over the limit to the get them to, so impaired that they could possibly have a car accident and kill somebody but I see your point where you're trying to say, yeah, somebody just drank a pitcher of beer and then went home. They might be technically legally drunk, 08 or greater. I understand what you're saying, Miss Basilia. But I think alcohol is a little bit different than marijuana, that's my opinion. And, and I respect yours as well. And I respect John's as well. And we can agree to disagree. And well, we've opened up this can of yeah. worms because I'm sure. going to let. There's a, a bunch of people sure. had some comments on this. Yeah. This is kind of lighting up the board here. Mm-hmm. Tony Russo says, "Yuri, so we shouldn't have any bars or entertainment in Poway." That's not what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I don't consider a medicinal marijuana as an entertainment facility. I mean, you of all ple- people, Tony, should know that you owned a great bar once upon a time, and a bar is different from a medical marijuana dispensary, in my opinion. Period. Okay, th- I, I want to just I want to tee this yeah. up. This is by far the best comment uh-huh. that I'm about to click okay. on of anyone for the whole night. Okay. Are, you, are you ready? Sure. And it's from Ed Franklin. Okay, and it said, "You should probably end this podcast. <laughs> You're both tired." <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I think I, he's I think right. John might want to, but uh, I, I 
I mean, you're, you're going strong, and and I'm I'm uh, yeah. We are getting tired. What time is it? It's like ten forty-five. Yeah. But I'm okay. I'm, I told you. I first of all, I, I want to just say this so that people can listen. Is that I want to apologize to you. We were supposed to start at oh, seven, and playoff, I was at the pa- Padre game, and it started at one thirty-five. And I was thinking, well, I think maybe I can get back by six, and we have no problems starting at seven. And it was hell getting out of the state and get out of this parking garage and everything else. You were a great sport, and we talked yeah. multiple times mm-hmm. and t- uh, Twitter or t- not texted, text. and uh, and thank you for that. Oh. And, and as a result, we started later. Yeah, no worries. So I don't I. Because I inconvenienced you, I don't want to like end this. Sure, I'm going to let it play out, okay. and and we'll we'll kind of get it all sure. the way through. And, but, and you tell me when when you're kind of ready because okay, it's your show. I'll I I tell you like where our live stream audience just increased a little bit more. Um, Ed Franklin, I'm going to like let people get their their sure. their two cents in here. Ed Franklin says pot is legal, tattoos are legal. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm okay. Go with home, tattoos. get some rest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you, Ed. That's uh, again the best advice. Um, oh, Delano Wolps uh, had a death in her family from a drunk driver. That's sad. Uh, my condolences, sincerely. Yeah. Um, uh, it it to lose a loved one is is very terrible. And my sincerest well here condolences to you, Miss Olps. I'm gonna toot but my I lost horn here. A, a, a close relative because indirectly because of marijuana, and wow. I'm sorry for both of us. Mariana Benedict Basilla says, thank you, John, for knowing that info about cannabis. She wrote cannabism. It's like uh-huh. <laughs> cannabis, um, says the woman who does um, who does smoke. Um, so uh, anyways, yeah. Ed Franklin is again advising us to stay away from this. We're going down a rabbit hole. Sure. OK, so let's go back get back on track for Poway. Mm-hmm. Tell me what else is on your platform that we have missed. What else is there that we have not covered? Well, Why should people vote for you as opposed to voting for Mayor Voss or any of the other uh, the other three challengers? I believe people should vote for me for the simple fact that they will have a voice under my leadership. The Residential District Review Committee that I am going to have if I'm elected is going to be for everyone, no matter political affiliation, no matter your race, no matter your religion, no matter your age. If you live in, no matter even if you're a legal resident or a a foreign national, even if you can't vote, you still live in Poway. You're a Powegian, in my opinion, and your opinion matters just as much as the next guy. And I want feedback from people. I really do, because if enough people give their feedback, I think more people will be happy, especially if a lot of that feedback is being implemented in city decisions. I, I firmly believe that. Yeah, that's that's a that's a noble idea because a lot of people feel they're not being heard, mm-hmm. right? And so you want to provide that mechanism uh, to listen to the people, yeah. so that they their ideas, their input, their criticism, yeah. their needs, wants, and desires can be heard. Yes, and I know not everybody's going to be happy, but I think more often than not, people will be satisfied and more pleased with the direction and future of our city. How could people find more information about you? Uh, go on Facebook, uh, Yuri Bolin for Mayor, Poway, and then City in the Country Forever. 
and then even my regular Facebook page and my phone number, it's, it's in there. You can find it on, on the Uri Bowling for Mayor of Poway. Uh, I don't have a website because I didn't need one, and I'll tell you why. A website is basically to ask for donations. I've done everything myself, my own money. I don't want any donations. I didn't accept any. I was offered a few, and I respectfully declined. So you paid for your own mailing. That's that's expensive. Yes, it is. Wow. Uh, But in life, you have to take risks. You have to gamble. Mm -hmm. Um, It's well worth it no matter the outcome because I got to do it like Sinatra my way. (laughs) That's one of the classic songs. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I literally am by myself. I am the Lone Ranger. I don't have an entourage like some candidates. I don't have coaches like some candidates. I don't have mentors like some candidates. When you see my name on the ballot, that's me. When you see other names on the ballot, it's possibly upwards of 10 to 15 people guiding. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And there's no doubt that some candidates have, you know, an organization, you know, varying sizes that are behind them mm-hmm. and then affiliations with other PACs and political parties mm-hmm. and um, other special interest groups that are backing them. That's and, for sure. And agendas. Oh, mm-hmm. you know what we forgot to talk about? And I think it's because I'm a Republican. It wasn't even brought up. Climate action plan. Oh, yeah. We haven't talked. That's like we asked that of every candidate. Why did we not bring that up? Okay. What's your take? First, what is the definition of a climate action plan? Sincere question. Mm -hmm. Is it something similar to that of Governor Newsom and gas vehicles? Will that same approach apply to your gas stove, your water heater? Will you be required to have solar panels on your roof or face possible penalties? All the proponents of a climate action plan never really get into specifics of what it actually entails. And I would love to hear it from someone that is a proponent of that one day. Perhaps one day we will. Now, proponents also state that there's free money on the table from the state and the federal government on various incentives. As we all know in life, nothing is free, least of all if it comes from the government. (laughs) Okay, The Mm -hmm. taxpayers are going to pay the bill, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. number one. But I will be sincere and I will be fair. If I am elected mayor and a climate action plan comes before my desk, I will sincerely read it and it will be thoroughly vetted to ensure that it doesn't hurt more people than it helps. And if it passes the smell test, it would be strictly on a voluntary basis for those who wish to participate. Yeah. Meaning... You want solar panels on your roof, and there's a program that helps you pay for it. That's your business. But if the next-door neighbor likes his shingles, he's going to keep them. He's not going to be forced on it to do something. And I'll use an example of that green garbage can that a lot of us have Mm -hmm. that's behind our shed that doesn't really have yard waste because we got rocks or we got wood chips, but we're still being charge for that green garbage can that we don't use. Mm-hmm. And I fear that the same approach will be with the climate action plan as well. Well, let me just say that uh, the the proposals that I've heard, because I've mm-hmm. interviewed other candidates, um, 
none of the other candidates are saying that they would mandate that homeowners install solar. Mm-hmm. Um, so it seems like most of the suggestions are w- within city government. Mm-hmm. Can they put solar panels on the city hall? Can they? If they choose to. If they choose to. But obviously, if the city created a climate action plan and they agreed as part of that plan to put solar on their rooftop, mm-hmm. that would be one potential component. Sure. Um, other components within city operations that were proposed were like LED lighting mm-hmm. for the streetlights. Um, could be that some of the city vehicles be electric. Mm-hmm. And then as far as it pertained to uh, private homeowners and uh, property owners and private businesses, what I've heard from the other candidates, especially the ones that are really hardcore for this, Mm -hmm. is that they would simply encourage it from the bully pulpit Mm -hmm. and point them in the direction of state programs where there is money on the table that they may be able to use to partially pay for the installation of, of, say, for example, solar, mm-hmm. but that the city would never subsidize it. The city would never mandate it for private business. That's what I've heard. Yeah. Well, if it ever comes before me, if I'm fortunate enough to even make a decision on that one day, I will thoroughly vet it to ensure that it is voluntary. Mm-hmm. It passes the smell test. Mm-hmm. And if people are interested in it, they can participate. You know, I, over the last four and a half years, I've talked to God knows how many people, but I'm just going to say a magic number of 500. Mm-hmm. Not one of those 500 people have ever brought up to me a climate action plan, like, why don't we have one? Mm-hmm. Do you support one? I've never been asked that question. Yeah, most That's people why I almost care. even forgot to even bring it up tonight. <laughs> well, I think, you know, just to name names, as you've mentioned her, Chris Cruz, I mean, she brings it up a lot. Yeah. And um, and it is, and, and Grant, I'm a proponent of a lot of the yeah, green technology, but it is interesting that Poway is the only city in the county that doesn't have a plan. Now, granted, on one level, it's a lot of political correctness that's going on that because uh, everyone's embracing you know, environmentalism and, and green technology for, for a variety of reasons. Um, but it is odd that Poway is the only city that hasn't done that. And according to some of the other candidates, if Poway had a plan, then they would become eligible to get a lot more of this funding to help pay for it within the city. But you know what happens when the government gives you money? With strings attached. They tell you what to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't see it as a top priority, but one day in the future, you can look at it. But right now, I don't think it's the top priority of the average Powegian. And like you said, there's strings attached. Yeah. Everything is strings attached from Sacramento. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Thanks for bringing that yeah. up. I can't believe I forgot about it. Yeah. Are you happy the Padres won? Oh, very happy. Very happy. <laughs> I'm just glad, it, like you said, it wasn't an 18-inning game. Yeah. And and that fifth inning was uh, incredible. And and uh, when you were texting, when we were, like, negotiating what time, yeah. you know, I, I said, I, I just hope it's three up and three down from the rest of the way so that we wouldn't uh, lose this uh, opportunity to be together and have a great podcast. Yeah, this is a lot of fun, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so um, – People are voting now. 
Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we're in the home stretch here. Uh, yeah, it's hard to believe. 20 days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 20 days. And, I mean, it's a huge percentage of Poway people vote by mail. Yes. So when the polls close, like in the next, like 15 minutes after that, they post mm-hmm. all the mail-in votes. Yeah. You're going to know right away. It's yeah. probably not going to drag out for oh, like the the Joel Anderson uh, boss race. Wasn't that crazy? That was amazing. Uh, like uh, opening night, so to speak, election night. Uh, I believe Mayor Voss was something like four thousand up, and I'm like, oh wow, he, he's going to be leaving Poway, and I was kind of disappointed because I, I was waiting for this moment, and then like the next day, it was like well, Mayor Voss is leading by like thirty five hundred votes. And I'm like, okay, yeah, well, the next day it was like. 3,000 and kept going lower and lower. Well, because the Republicans nowadays vote on An election, day. election day and the Republican Party endorsed Joel Anderson. Mm-hmm. So I think that's part of the reason why the yeah. gap closed as they counted ballots. Yeah, it was amazing that every day it went less and less and then he was overtaken by Mr. Anderson. And the one thing that I still don't understand about recent uh, elections is why does it take so long to count ballots now? Literally, especially like in San Diego or Poway, why does it take f- almost three weeks to count the, the final total? Well, my my hunch is is it, that they're. I mean, you could just blast them through a machine like a Scantron when we took a test to yeah. fill in the bubbles. But there must be like some hand count verification. That's, yeah, it has to be, but it's like you're waiting for five o'clock to go on the RO, uh, yeah, Register of Voters uh, website to get the latest update, mm-hmm. and then you see that they counted a thousand ballots, and there's still fifteen thousand outstanding, and so you're waiting like a thousand a day to see what's going on. I, I think it should be faster. Yeah. I'm, again, I agree with you. I am yeah. surprised by that. Well, at least it's not like the year 2000 where the they were chat. holding them, the hanging chat up to the light. And, yeah. you know, so they don't have to do that anymore. So, hey, I want to thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. It was an honor and a privilege. And I hope I can be here before the next four years or 10 years. Yeah. So, you know, I went from episode nine to is this 292? 292. Oh, right. Yeah. So. You're always welcome to be Thank here, um, and you know it doesn't have to be an election season. Yeah, and matter of fact, I would love to be a fly on the wall with you and Hacksaw one oh. day. See, Hacksaw and I get this is amazing that I'm doing a podcast with Hacksaw. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm like a kid in a candy store. Um, every Thursday at three, we do it. Wow. Yeah, so um, we never had like people hanging out watching it, but yeah. I'll, I'll ask them. Yeah. If he'd be up for it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I can watch it from home like I will, but, uh, you know, I'd, I'd love to just be like, hello, Mr. Hamilton. He's amazing. Yeah. Um, and it's just, but he's a great guy. Yeah. And he lives real close. And, um, and we've started the podcast and we're only through, I think, 14 episodes. Yeah. And, his numbers are just skyrocketing yeah. in terms of subscribers and views and downloads. I mean, it's amazing. Um, so, yeah, we're going to do a show tomorrow. I have a question for you. I don't know if you remember. It was on ESPN and like the, I think, I want to say like the mid to late 90s. I think it was set, I think the name of the show was like What's on Tap. I don't know if you remember that. 
I think that it, sounds familiar. It was uh, it was it was a setting like kind of like Cheers, the TV show, where mm-hmm. it was like two or three guys with the beer, and it was like a kind of a Jeopardy format, and it was all sports trivia questions. Oh, that sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah uh, just an idea. Maybe one day we can have uh, like you be, of course, the the host and the, <laughs> uh, the moderator and the, yeah. the the one who asks all the questions. And have like some guests here and like play a game show, so to speak, of sports trivia. And, and that would be fun. And I'd like to participate. Wait, and, you... and the prize would be something minimal like, a, you know, a beer or something. Well, we could do like a Poway trivia show. Wouldn't uh, that, that be something? That too. That too. We just, Mary Shepherdson would not be allowed oh, to participate because yeah. she would yeah. just beat everybody. She, she's <laughs> the Ken Jennings of Poway <laughs> yeah, trivia. She, she would be. Yeah. Um, but that would be a fun thing to do, maybe. Yeah. Um, just to shake it up. So that's a good yeah. idea. Yeah. Um, but anyways, again, thanks for Thank you. hanging with us. Thank for you. the people that have stayed with us, there's five of us. We're wow. almost at three hours. Wow. Thanks a ton for all of you Thank that you. have been watching and listening. And Yuri, good luck in the election. Thank you. Thank you. And, uh, and I just want to say yeah. this. No matter what happens in this election, I just want to thank the voters of Poway, whether they voted for me or not, for the simple fact that they care enough about their community and the city that we all love to take the time to vote. Thank you. Cool. That's a great way to close. Okay, friends. Thanks again. Thanks for watching. Let's all go to sleep. We'll see you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed today's show, do me a favor. Subscribe and then share it with a friend or leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Let's continue the conversation on social media. Go to connectwithjohnny.com to get links to our social media content, audio podcast platforms, and to sign up for our mailing list. To be a guest, read my blog, or get more information, please visit johnreillyproject.com to get started.